0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media platform for outdoor enthusiasts. If you love to hunt, fish, camp, hike, this is the community for you. Go to the Google Play Store or wherever you download your apps and download the Go Wild app and get started today. And for more information, you can visit timetogowild.com. Let's get outside. It's time to go wild welcome to the southern ground hunting podcast i'm your host parker mcdonald and this is episode number 28 now this is a very special episode because it is our one year anniversary from when we started last year so we did something pretty fun this week and we had our buddies from the southern outdoorsman andrew maxwell and jacob myers as well as me and michael and tyler and we all got together and talked about how our tactics have changed this season hope you guys enjoy the show Guys, well, if you are listening to this right now, if you're in Alabama and you're listening to it the day that it came out, then you only have a couple of days left of the season. And man, I think maybe, maybe Alabama might have the latest season. I, I can't remember. I'm not, I'm not, don't quote me on that because I'm not positive. But uh, wherever you're at, your season is probably coming pretty close to a close and it's a sad reality that we have to deal with as hunters that um we don't get to do this 365 but you do get to prepare for it 365 so hopefully you guys are already planning trips um to go and scout some of your maybe you got some new properties maybe some new pieces of public land that you're got your eye on for next season or if you're a turkey hunter like me you are already looking forward to those early mornings out there watching the sun come up trying to hear gobble so i'm especially excited about this season i think it's going to be a really really fun fun time chasing turkeys around the public woods um cool thing that happened i just i'm still in my camos right now because i went on my last deer hunt of the season and uh i know you guys are mostly used to me talking about public land hunting and using the kayak and all that stuff well uh, I went with a buddy of mine to a farm and uh, killed a doe this morning and it was actually really nice. We got out there about I met him at 5:30 and I walked to a shooting house and set up my camera and by about 6:30 my season was over. I shot this big doe that came out and got it on film so we're gonna be releasing several videos pretty soon. Um, Michael, who you all know, if you listen to our last episode, think we talked about it in our last episode we might not have but he killed his first buck maybe 2 weeks ago of the season and in between the last episode and right now he has tagged out on three pretty awesome bucks so he got them on film so we're going to be releasing those soon and then we'll release the video of this doe and um so yeah if you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel it's the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel and uh, we've already got some videos. I've got all of my three bucks from this season. Michael killed a buck in Kentucky. I've got a couple more doe, um, doe kills on there from bow season. And uh, it's been an awesome season. You know, this is the first year that we have self-filmed and um, started this channel. And it's been really good. You know, between me and Michael and Tyler, I think 14 deer is how many deer we killed between the three of us and uh, nine bucks, I think, no, eight bucks, no, nine bucks. Yeah, nine bucks because out of state stuff. So it's been really cool. It's been really neat. I we appreciate you guys for um, subscribing if you have. And uh, you know, I, I said it in the intro, but this is our one year anniversary episode. We've been doing this thing for one year, and we couldn't do it without you guys. We couldn't do it without the listeners telling us what you want to hear, responding to the to the stuff that you really do enjoy. Um, there would be no no purpose for us doing it if we didn't know that you guys were enjoying it, and so we really do appreciate that. Um, we couldn't do it without you. Absolutely, 100%. We couldn't do it without you. So this week, we decided to have our buddies who you've heard us talk to before, Andrew Maxwell and Jacob Myers from the Southern Outdoorsman podcast. They've also been going a year. We started the same week, and uh, looking back on it now, I, I really wish you know that we would have uh, just joined up forces and... Uh, instead of doing this thing separately because we really enjoy having them on. We, we love talking with them. We did a hunt with them earlier this year, and it was just a blast. You just meet those people that uh, that you know that, man, these these are good people. These are going to be some of my good friends for a long time. And so we really appreciate those guys driving. Jacob drove from Atlanta to Coleman, and then Andrew drove from Auburn to Coleman to, uh, to come and record this podcast with us. So um, we get into some really cool tactical talk in this episode. So we talk a lot about, um, in the past, we've talked a lot about buck bedding and the hunting beast style, and we really go deep into that, kind of searching for whether or not we actually believe in it. Now, uh, I know if if you've listened to this podcast, any at all, you know that me and Michael, we really have put all of our, what is it, all of our eggs in this basket. Like, we have really... We really believe in it, and this year was a little bit different for Michael. Michael kind of changed how he how he viewed a lot of this stuff, which is fine, which is great, and we talk a lot about that in this episode. I don't want to ruin it for you guys, so um, before we get into that episode, I just want to say a huge thanks to our partners at Onyx Maps, at Tethered, at Go Wild, and at New Breed. Uh, with new breed you can use the code southern ground all lowercase all one word at checkout and you'll get free shipping on your custom bow now if you have ever shot a new breed you know these are awesome bows i was just telling somebody today these bows are incredible now everybody makes good bows a lot of companies out there making good bows but one thing that new breed does that separates them from other places from other companies is that their customer service is second to none the president uh kyle knoll he's an engineer at heart he is incredible they're always innovating but they're not going to come out with a new bow just because it's popular to come out with a new bow it is going to have a purpose and um so that's why like you see the guys who shoot new breed they stay pretty faithful to new breed because the customer service is absolutely incredible you can get a custom bow fit however you want you draw length you can get it dipped in whatever you want to get it dipped in, like whatever color, whatever. I mean, it's so custom. We could start naming off the options, but um, we did an episode not terribly long ago back in the summer with Kyle. So go back and look at that if you're interested in New Breed Bow. Like I said, all lowercase, all one word, southern ground, and you will receive free shipping on that bow. Also, if you're not on Go Wild, man, I am telling you. I've been on I've been on social media a lot the last couple weeks and I've noticed that Facebook is blocking a lot of hunting stuff. So I tried to go in and do an advertisement with one of my videos, with um, one of the videos that we did from from this past year. I wanted to try to get it in front of more people, and so I went and did a promotion. And Facebook blocked it, would not let me pay them money because it said it had animal cruelty. So. Yeah, we and uh, I, I just imagine it's just going to be getting worse. And that is why you have awesome companies like Go Wild that are out there, great apps that you can share all of your content. You don't have to worry about any kind of sensitive content crap. Um, it's just really, really awesome. So if you're not on Go Wild, go check it out. It is an awesome app for outdoorsmen. Share your stuff, share your pictures, share your videos, what podcasts you're listening to, all that stuff. So go and check out Go Wild. That's enough of that. You guys, I hope you enjoy this episode we did with the Southern Outdoorsmen. It was a blast having them on the show, so check it out. Hope you enjoy (laughs) it. Did you bring your snacks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please please tell me, y'all saw that,
1: y'all seen the video that little girl. She's got to be like four years old. In that ground blonde, and the dad gave her, like, a bag of Doritos. And she's oh, just – have you please, you've seen that, right? Yeah, no, I haven't seen oh, that. Oh, dude, she – I mean, she's the cutest little thing. I mean, she's tiny, mm. little blonde. And she's, like – she's open back bag, and she's making so much noise. Like, I didn't <laughs> – I could eat bags of chips, like, quietly. No, dude, she's like <sighs> – <laughs> and she, she she when she bites it, she's like, <laughs> and like dude, it is bad. And it, like you can tell he's smiling, he's like, Yeah, we're not seeing anything <laughs> tonight. <And> she's like, <laughs> <laughs> but dude, that's what she tells, like she's bad. in it to win it, ain't she? Too? It's hilarious. But dude, but she, she's adorable, but I'm like, God man, like wrong wrong snack, man. Wrong Just wait, snack. dude,
0: wait until wait until you got a little girl.
1: To him first, hopefully. No, no, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Andrew, Andrew's got children That's the coming. Second, second week in
2: a row that he's like trying to tell people I'm having a baby and I'm not. Oh, you're having a baby? No, I'm not having a baby. <laughs> 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 Andrew's having a baby out of wedlock.
0: <laughs> Congratulations! Congratulations! <laughs> no, I'm not having. I knew a baby. you had it in you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. Oh. No, uh-huh. that's, that's how rumors get started. No, it's
1: just, I said, it's, he had a, he's having a baby, he's a fur baby, he got a new dog, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw yeah, that.
0: A little pup. Yeah,
1: so, old Bridger. So.
0: Now, now, you went, well, well, let's get into that here in a minute. Talk about the wild game dinner you went to last night. Was it last night? Yeah. You had a wild game dinner? Yeah. It
2: was that's great. That's cool. Gave away a shotgun, buddy Chad Granger, who you met, delivered the message. You remember Chad? Oh, yeah, 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 night? yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the one that delivered the message. And we had some like duck, elk, deer. It was nice. That's awesome, man. Fun night. And was it like youth ministry group, or was it just like it was just uh it was just like a event to like get people from Auburn gathered. Was it, it
0: was, a church deal? Yeah, kind of. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Now, where's Chad? Chad lives in uh, Birmingham. Birmingham.
1: Yeah, like Garden? No, I don't where he lives. Where did yeah. he
0: tell the Homewood. Fairfield?
2: Yeah, he has a, his church is in Fairfield. Okay. That he pastors at. Yeah. yeah, he's
0: a cool guy. It was, it was good to meet him. Yeah, he's, he's a, a great guy. I really like Chad. Yep. He's, he's a cool dude. He was. <laughs> I think the first like he said something to me like, uh, "Oh, we were talking about giving away spots on YouTube." He was like, "I'm pretty sure I could go find every one of your spots <laughs> just by watching your YouTube video." <laughs> yeah, he did say that.
2: He's like, "You don't try to keep it a secret, do you?" I mean, we place.
1: do, but well, it's like when when you're I'll tell you like if you're trying to do that's my thoughts on when you're filming. I don't like to film access on how I'm driving to a certain spot. I won't film any kind of signs, anything that's like you can noticeable. Oh yeah. And then when you get out, of the tr- get out of the truck or vehicle, whatever you hunt out of, because I don't of a truck. Whenever you get out, maybe like do a little footage. But then you know once you're getting in there, unless there's something that's you know definitely like you film like oh yeah, people are going to know if they see this feature. Right. It's not
3: a big
4: deal. Well, me and Andrew when we went to Georgia at the beginning of the season, we oh, pull up. up.
1: I, we're getting some. We're getting some slow B roll of
4: the. Uh, of the WMA sign for, for, for the YouTube video. I did the whole intro before you got there. Right when you pulled up, I
2: was waiting on you to pull up because I was going to put that in my intro on the YouTube video. And I got home and I watched it, and you could see the
1: sign like right over my shoulder. It was, like a huge sign, bold letters with the name of the place. I was yeah. like, dude, you yep. just blur it out, man. It's like the podcast when people slip up names of properties, we, we bleep
0: it. Did y'all see the the guy? Oh, man, it was on Facebook. The dude uh, posted a picture of this big deer. I mean, it was a good deer from what I remember, mm-hmm. and he like white it out, like just around his whole, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. his
0: whole uh, I silhouette. It, yeah, he did, Like I, I would imagine. I don't know if it was because there was like a terrain feature there, but I mean, I don't know. It was just the woods. That's just how the woods.
2: I met Jacob. Was he posted
1: a picture of something? That was weird. And I, I
2: was, was like, I know where he is. It, I, so, this so I
1: posted a picture on- online. <laughs> this is like in two thousand fifteen, fourteen. And found a bunch of these giant rubs in this one little creek bottom. I took a picture of it, posted it, and I was like, I forgot what it was about, but it was something about, like, what kind of trees are these that like, these bucks are rubbing because they're all rubbing the same kind of tree. which Hazel alders. Hazel alders. I now know what they look like. But uh, and I posted it, and, and Andrew, like, DMs me. He's like, hey, man, uh, do you hunt cop? <laughs>
3: <laughs> do you hunt Blair? Where? <laughs> B- Where? D- do
1: you hunt X? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I could tell by the photo. I'm like, how? He's like, oh, they're everywhere down there. Those trees are. It's the only place to see them. So you know, I just it's... know that place. How long
0: ago was that? 2015
2: or something. Or 2015
1: something like that.
0: 2015. I mean, 2015. So y'all didn't. We were talking about it the other day. Y'all didn't go to. Y'all don't go like way back. It's fairly recent. Y'all met fairly recently. Yeah. Yeah. We started
2: hunting together that fall. Like, well, that was when I was still working at Field and Stream. And he'd, like, come up
1: there at closing time and talk to me for two hours. We were, like, planning
2: stands and everything. He's like, what do you think about Dude, this?
1: yeah, once I found him, I'm like, this is exactly who I was looking for. Because none of my brothers... That's kind of how me her, and my wife met, too. That's door. Do- <laughs> I know <laughs> Tiffany, she's
0: jealous. It's so cute. Tiffany's jealous, <laughs> exactly. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew she was the one. It but, was. <laughs> but, it's, um,
1: but, no, so... This is, Yeah, funny. Get, get Damn. You walked right into
0: that Dude, one. I really yeah. did. I so knew he was the one. And I, and I, he I was can't. the one I was looking for. I, I
1: can't get out of this My hole. My search is
3: over. <laughs> this, is this is a new day man. for y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: who's, picking,
4: who's, oh. who's, who's, who's pitching? Who's catching?
0: God oh. dang it, man. We're trying to be a family-oriented that that podcast. Right? Right. Right. What? Not, it happens. It what? Means, it happens. I mean, you it can happens. Smile. <laughs> my goodness, man!
1: All right, oh, man. Just nails in the coffin right now.
3: <laughs>
0: Anyways, continue. You yeah. found the one you're looking for. Right? <laughs> no, but um,
3: but
1: oh, I mean, it's just one of those things that you know. None of my brothers were like hardcore. Like what I wanted to do on public lane, because is right when I got into it, kind of. So, anyways, it was cool to kind of bounce ideas off him. Of. Chill out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at Michael and he's
2: making a face. I was turned around with my coat. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah,
3: that's where it all
1: happened. Yeah, dude. No, but. Yeah, right. and then
2: we started hunting together, and then, like, after deer season, I was like, you want to go to Wyoming and hunt Builder? And he's like, sure. No, no, no,
1: no. First nope. year, nope. lover squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. No, we hunted. I think we deer hunted one time, and you put me in a spot that I was second guessing the whole time I was in there on that on that gas line. You killed something, man. No, I didn't. You killed an armadillo. Oh yeah, I did kill an armadillo. <laughs> Freaking schlocked an armadillo. Yeah. But uh, but anyways, and then, then we turkey hunted a little bit that spring, and then deer hunted next fall, and then it was because it's 2017 so when we went on on elk hunt or. Hunt, whatever. felt like an elk hunt. We saw so many elk. elk. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> That's sweet.
3: That's cute. Adorable, That's isn't it?
2: That's cute. Yeah. How did we get there? I don't
3: know. Man, his we were talking.
1: fault.
0: We talking about how he, he they
1: was. He was lobbing one in. want me to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. knocked out of the park. Yeah. You knocked it out of the park. Well, yeah. it depends yeah. on how you want to look at it. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, so we haven't we haven't really gone around the room and talked about. Who's here and why we're all here? Oh yeah. So, uh us go ahead. We got we got kind of a, a joint podcast going on. It's uh, the
2: second one of its kind. Yep.
0: Uh, is it only the second? Well, third or is the third. We have. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the first one
4: we didn't. My computer crashed. That's right. Yep. So we got Parker McDonald over here.
0: We're, we're introing ourselves, Mike. Oh man. <laughs> Dude. You know everything. I mean,
4: <laughs> man, Mike, we can't take you seriously. <laughs> what do you want to say? Who, hey, this is Michael.
0: You, you don't have to talk right in the mic. It's, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, it's set up. You're good, like but right there where you're at. Y'all are okay. both good. That right. should be. Because you be always fine.
4: tell them, "Hey, man, you're not speaking into the
0: mic." Well, because you get like really loud, and it'll be like, "Hey, hey," <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just clipping right there. It just clips. Yeah, it's I mean, look clipping. at that. Look at that. Look at those wave So, Hang in go ahead, Michael. <laughs> Is that all? What do you want me to say? Pike. Hey, this is Mike Pike. Mike's here. Oh, you want me? You want me to ju-
4: I think it'd be better if someone yeah. else introduces okay. everyone.
0: All right, so let, let's let's intro, let's intro each other. Let's. How about how about this? That's why I started I'm I'm gonna intro. Here. I'm gonna intro you guys. So we yeah. got the Southern Outdoorsman here, and uh, Jacob and Andrew. Yep. Just Just two peas in a pod. <laughs> <laughs> Um then uh
2: yeah. Yeah. And then we got Parker McDonald, Southern Ground. And then we got what's your name again? Michael or something?
0: Michael
5: (laughs) Michael (laughs) (laughs) Stay out of the mic.
1: Yeah. So we got Michael Pike. Michael. Old MP. And then Money Malone. Money Malone. Money Malone. Tyler Malone.
4: Money Malone (laughs) he likes that. He
1: don't like mustache Malone. (laughs) Oh mustache Malone. He's blushing a little bit, I think. That's just the natural color, man. <laughs> I me and him can
3: relate. Is that just, just the pink that, ginger right color? See I the yeah. pink tint.
1: Got that Irish tan going on, man. I, I look like that Dr. Pepper can right
5: there. <laughs> no, you like a Coke can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. right. Yeah, that's, oh, right. No, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> pretty
1: close. Brought <laughs> him the money, man. So, uh, so,
0: so this is like the year, the year, I don't know. Not It's not a year in review podcast, but. The year mark. Like the year one mark. year anniversary. Yeah, for both of our podcasts. Yeah. We both started around the same time, and uh, man, how's y'all's how's y'all's year been? Like, what? How? Good. It's a big thing to bite off, right? Like yeah. to say but we're going to do a podcast, oh, and then yeah. y'all are doing like oh, wow. rut report and strut reports. Yeah, what, what, and what episode
2: we on right of YouTube video
0: seventy eight? Seventy eight. Does definitely. that include all of your yep. rut report, strut, strut report? Yep.
2: Yep. So it's been a lot. Looking back at like when we started it, I'm like, how did I figure all that out? <laughs>
0: Looking back,
1: <laughs> on the memories made. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's been crazy because, you know, you, you get started with an idea. It's all it is is an idea. You can talk like, about a rabbit hole. Yeah. It's like an idea of what you'd like to do. You start it, know absolutely nothing about what we're doing. Right. You know, you're, you're, you know, Messing different people, you're, you're searching stuff online, you know, trying to figure out technical difficulties. You know, had a ton of that in the beginning, even still up to the date, every now and then, you know, have every might, week not have an issue. <laughs> but uh, it's just been a long learning curve. But the cool thing is, it's put us in front of a lot of people to be able to meet a bunch of people. Otherwise, we probably would never have met, yeah. uh, which is pretty freaking cool. So
2: yeah, that's probably yeah. my favorite thing about it is just meeting new people, like making new hunting buddies in high school i didn't have a whole lot of hunting buddies and i mean like because you guys can probably relate with being like public land guys it's pretty hard to find someone who you can trust sure you can like go out and hunt with a bunch so you know meeting jacob that was we clicked because you know it was hard to find someone who was that into it but then starting the podcast you just get connected with tons of people like that like Mm -hmm. you guys so yeah Yeah,
0: i would say i think for us too it's kind of been the same thing like me and Mike probably wouldn't ever even started really hanging out. Uh, I, I mean, really, our first conversation was about the podcast. I think you listened to Nine Finger Chronicles some, and we kind of connected through that. Of course, we knew each other a um, little bit before. Yeah, and, I'd, uh,
4: me- I'd messaged you, I think, before that about Mexican Mafia, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all
2: right, you can't breeze over that. Mexican yeah. <laughs> talk, Have we ever talked about that on the podcast? Not. It's hole, it's
0: borderline racist, so. <coughs> um,
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> it was me and Nathan that uh, we were scouting. Nathan, and Nathan Prox, Prox yep, yeah. Okay. So, we were uh, scouting about three years ago, and we went off down this long dirt road. You know, you wouldn't think anybody in the world would be down it. And uh, we get off down in there, and it's way back off in the woods. And uh, he said, man, he said. This looks like where somebody would uh, you know, bring some dead bodies or something like that, like a drug lord or something, and
1: I said, we'll name it Mexican Mafia. God,
0: that is borderline <laughs> racist, maybe not even borderline. <laughs> well,
1: speak about that. You know, just like, you know, if someone would take dead bodies, Andrew's actually found one before.
0: You found a dead body? Well, yeah, I fa- found a fa- cremated one. dead body. No. Anyone who lives around yeah. Birmingham. Like, How do you know it's a... Cr- wait. He, okay. he was on well, he's, he's about to get to that. He's <laughs> yeah. about to get to that. So, Easy. Easy. a couple years back, Decompress. I was hanging around
2: in Chelsea, and we were, like, at the Waffle House in Chelsea one morning, and I saw this missing persons poster, and it was, like, this older gentleman, he's, like, in his 80s, had dementia, and he had gone missing, and it was, like, a van of some sort, and I went out, uh, we were, like, I think we were scouting for turkeys, it was me and my buddy, Zach Eccles, and Sawyer Gallagher. And we went out there on a creek called Piney Woods Creek, and we were scouting for turkeys. And there was a uh, this van that was shot up, had bullet holes in it, and was burned, like completely burned. And it hadn't been burned that long. And uh, this was like a month after the guy went missing. And growing up around there, like for any local people, I grew up like around County Road 13, around Green Pond and everything. Uh and, I mean, I'd seen burned cars in the woods before. Like, people go torch them. And so, honestly, I didn't think much of it. And we were, like, messing around. We like, that's crazy. Took pictures of it. And then, fast forward, like, three weeks, someone else found it when they were riding out there and called the police. And it was that dude's vehicle, and he was in it. Like, his charred, like, remains were in the ashes in the vehicle. So, I had to call the sheriff. I was, like, here's everything I got. Like, here's my pictures. Here's what happened. Dude. And they never mm. figured it out. But, I mean... Where the dude was, man, like, he didn't get the van back in there. There's like a big steep hill, big ruts, giant mud hole. I had a K5 Blazer at the time that I would take through that. And I mean, it was, it it took all of it to get get through there. I'm like, I don't know how this van got back here, but I don't think he drove himself back there, shot up his van, and then set it on fire and got in it.
4: They had a place like that in a place called Niota where they would take cars if they were, you know, just want to get out from underneath their pavement. They would drive them off down in there and just burn them up. Yeah, you know, you'd pass cars all the time but no, that went yeah. back in there. Yeah. In Alabama it's not that uncommon
2: to yeah. find a burned up beat up. Well, well car. the crazy
1: thing is on <clears throat> on this property there has been multiple dead bodies found out there. Like yeah. multiple. Like yeah, so sure. it's uh it's definitely that's one of the reasons I started carrying out there. I started open carrying when I deer hunt out there once like kinda you told me that story and then everything else I was like, man forget that crap. Like, because you can open carry mm-hmm. in Alabama during bow season. And uh, dude, I was like, I ain't, I ain't going out there with that yeah, gun. You want
2: to talk about the hair standing up on the back of your neck? Because I woke up one morning and saw a story. I think it was from uh, al.com that was like, body found in Shelby County. And I started reading it, and it's like, sheriff's found so and so on the uh, next to Damn. Piney Woods Creek. I was like, oh my god.
0: So my dad, out in uh, East Texas, and I, I might butcher this story just a little bit because I wasn't there. But this was like last season. Which on his property, so it's like a river bottom, and it's real swampy and uh, it's like a flood zone, it's rough. Mm-hmm. but so the the road is raised up real high and so and it just kind of drops off either side. And uh, I don't know, two three 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 or four years ago, probably, um, we were out there and we're walking out one morning at you know right before daylight, and all of a sudden we just hear <laughs> and somebody had fallen asleep at the wheel and hit my dad's truck that was parked off the side, Oh! Man. hit it, and knocked it down into the... knocked it down and it totaled his truck completely and stuff. Somehow, this this car didn't even... it never even went off of the road. If it would have went off, if that, the guy in that car would have went off, done. He, he's done. He's done for sure. So, you're going to add something to that?
4: No, I've got a story that's really cool like that. I'll tell you about that. Were you finished for yours? No, no, because <laughs> it gets crazier okay, go.
0: than that. You can go ahead. So... Uh, so, I mean, we've seen like a, a lot of crazy stuff happen. A lot of wrecks have happened right there mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, last season my dad was driving in one day and it's not, it's only 20 acres. It's not big. And there's a highway right there and, uh, he's driving in one day and he crosses over a river, which is his property line is the river. So he, he's driving over this river on the bridge and, uh, there's police cars and stuff everywhere. And I, I can't remember if there was a car down there down in the woods that had run off, or I can't remember exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's police, and they stopped him and asked him who he was, you know, and he said, you know, this is my property. And he said, oh, okay, well, this lady had gotten shot. And it looked like she had gotten shot. She was dead. It looked like she had gotten shot while she was driving on the road right there. And (laughs) so... Like my dad got questioned about it about the whole deal because his pride was right on his property, so oh, man. he got questioned, which he wasn't even there whenever it all happened, and uh, kind of told him, you know, I'm a pastor, uh, you know, I pretty much if somebody's <laughs> asking you if you did a crime, nah, I mean, no, I'm a pastor, so <laughs> so, so no, we don't we don't do that. Um, Holy smokes. <laughs> but no, yeah, this the lady had gotten lady gotten shot while driving. On his property. So in
1: Nashville, and I'll let you, Mike, yeah. hit this. In Nashville, it's not a hunting-related story. Someone died. Someone threw. There's a lot, Of course, there's a lot of overpasses up in downtown Nashville. Someone got a huge piece of concrete that weighed like 80 pounds, threw it off the side of the bridge onto oncoming traffic and killed a guy, like a middle-aged gentleman that had like four children out i'm not, not mm. trying to make this like a super sad thing but that happened probably. Probably this three is like, months
0: ago it's like true crime stories podcast Dude, yeah so how is. did we get <laughs> here so, so out i turn sure. yeah. so
4: i was about 14 years old and i was at the hunting club and i'd climbed up it was a rainy morning i climbed up to a shooting house about an hour before daylight and i was out there and i, I could hear the cars coming and you could tell how fast they were going mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. just seemed like they were going a little bit too fast and about a mile after they passed where i was i heard
3: boom boom boom
4: and that's all you heard you knew it was a wreck like it's dead silent out there so I get down I go get the guy who owned the property and we drive up and down the road could not find any wreck anywhere Mm -hmm. so I said this person had to have gone off a ravine is there a ravine over here or anything there's a 30 foot ravine lady had gone off flipped upside down and was just there like and this was like an hour had passed since you know before we could actually find where she was like there's no telling. How, there was no skid marks, no nothing, cause it was rainy and the road just dropped off right off the edge of mm. the, you know, pavement. So she just went straight off and flipped. Crazy, crazy. She die? No, no. They had wow. to get
0: her. We were all wondering. We we're yeah. all like, they uh, had to. They had to
4: get her out of the front uh, window. Um, Dang Because man. the, the doors were so messed up. You mm-hmm. know they
0: say when you're in the woods hunting, like you see things that the average guy, everybody doesn't get to see. Mm-hmm. And like, I I think a lot of people got stories like that, just bizarre crap that happens in the woods oh, that yeah. you just was, can't even explain. I was going like to say, that. like,
1: real quick, it'd be kind of cool to go around and like, what's something crazy that you've witnessed while hunting or scouting or something? <laughs> like, uh, I, I got mean, a funny one. What what is It all in, two people. It was me and Zach. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's
5: a shot fired.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shot fired. No, me, me and Zach Eccles were fishing, or we were looking for this place to fish on the oh. Cahaba River. You know the story. And we were, so we're looking at like trestles and stuff that go over the river because we like that structure for catfish. And usually there's some shoals. It'll drop into some deeper water, and the pillars for the trestle come down. So we go to this trestle, and, and we're like walking around just talking, like thinking, like, oh yeah, we could set a trot line right here and we round the corner and on the other pillar across the river there's this dude and I mean this guy's every bit of 300 pounds and he's just butt naked (laughs) sitting sitting on the side of the pillar with his dog with a boat tied to like a little log right there we look over and see him, and the guy's just sitting there asleep in the sun, and so we're like,
0: okay, and we turn around, and we just left.
3: Just I married. would have to. Yeah, no. know. Yeah, That's I a weird ain't
0: story. No, ain't no hanging out. Oh, man, just <laughs> I think there up. was a lot of hanging cruising out, probably. Hey bud. <laughs> hey, bud. I do a podcast. You you want to come on? <laughs> Talk about an
4: interview
2: right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> What brings uh, you out this far,
0: <laughs> man? I, I'm trying to think of the craziest thing that I've seen. I mean, like that wreck was pretty pretty nuts. Yeah. You know, because it's yeah. only 20 acres. So, whenever they hit my dad's car, I turned around. We had split off. I turned around and I looked, and I could see the car just like. And I'm waiting, dude. I'm waiting for that car to just run off the side mm-hmm. and into the water. He he, he actually stopped somehow perfectly right on the middle of this bridge mm-hmm. and if he would have went down in it i mean he could have drowned, gotten trapped in his car yeah i mean there's no telling what could have hit a tree and i mean it, he would have been i don't see a whole lot of way that he would be able to have survived mm-hmm. you know survived that um man what
1: i was gonna say i'm trying to think of something too like
0: I, just, I You I got I, no
1: big naked dude stories?
3: <laughs> no. Know, no. Not <laughs> while I'm in the woods, no. <laughs> well, i, I I'll, I'll <laughs> outside of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I mean in Coleman. You, will, know. you No,
0: well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never
1: mind. No, I, I'll tell you one that kind of like freaked me out. One time me and Andrew were scouting a piece of public south of here, and we kind of like went up, went through this. It was an old um, uh, strip mine filled up. Anyways, went through the back of it. Hiked in about a mile and then went up into the, the ridge up there, and we came through this little saddle and smelled instantly something sweet. You remember that? Like nope. Smell like alcohol, like someone like running, possibly running a steal or something. And it's in there a good ways, and there's road access back there, but it's only through like a little piece of private, And like you can't get back there, but it's all it's all public. And I got in there and I was like, dude, I was like, maybe we shouldn't be like in this exact area, and like <laughs> where the wind was coming was where we were gonna go, and you could smell like that is like a sweet. Like, unnatural, like a sweet smell coming from that direction. I'm like, man, I do not want to walk up on someone with a steel right now. Like, no way. <laughs> Corn mash. Mm-hmm. No yeah, exactly. No chance. <laughs> yeah, no chance in heck. So.
0: Um, like, I know stories. I, I've got stories just from friends that I know. I've never actually seen it personally happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it happens. It's like hunting in South Texas um, where, like, you'll see uh, illegal immigrants like mm-hmm. running on the on the property, they like stop at the at the corn feeders and get deer corn because they're hungry. You know, it's yeah, hot and dry and ain't no food. You I've know, pictures of it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pictures of that trail camera
2: pictures of like fucking around. 10, ten Mexicans eating out of your corn feeder. It's crazy. Let's, let's crazy. say
0: illegal immigrants. <laughs> Cause what? That's
1: not racist I mean, <laughs> they're I mean, from Mexico. I mean, they, they, well, they could be from Guatemala. I mean, there's a lot of other countries down there. Running We'll try. To I guess you're right. I mean, <laughs>
4: that darn Mexican mafia?
1: Well, there was a, there was a video that was floating around uh, probably about two years ago. It re, it resurfaced this fall of a kid. I mean, he was probably 14 years old. That was uh, dad put him in a shooting house in South Texas, and all of a sudden it had. I'm sure you've seen it. All of a that sudden, video. And, and like someone was like banging on their door and yeah. just an elevated blind and He's like what what? And like he he like said something and they got they they like freaked out whatever the illegals and they take off running. And dude there's like 25 of them. <laughs> Oh, running, running down like you boy. know, it's like a big shooting line. He's that they're running down, and dude, it is f- crazy. And the kid's like freaking after the fact, and he's like, dude, like shaking. I'm like, dude, and that's you know. insane. That I've only so been down loaded. down in there one time. We were in like the Big Bend region of Texas,
2: and that's there's awesome like, country. Oh over my there. gosh, there's all these uh, villages, like Mexican villages, just across the border, and those people like swim across the Rio Grande and sell you stuff. Like, <laughs> and I got I got um. There's a the town, <laughs> Bookiest Mexico, and I got this little like wire. It's like a wire deer skull, like nice, cool wire deer skull, that I bought from a dude named Jesus for twenty bucks. If you bought it here, it'd probably cost like a hundred bucks.
0: Jesus just showed up. Yeah, just he just showed up in your time of need. He's saying to he? us too in the really? Rio
2: Grande Valley. You know there's giant cliffs. We come down there and he's just singing and we're like, do I have a dollar?
0: i so give this guy a dollar. That's, that's just
1: kind of weird, man, but whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, like there's some crazy stuff um, that you hear about people in South Texas seeing, you know, <laughs> yeah, while, they're, yeah. while they're deer hunting. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the craziest thing I got is one time my dad, we were here in Alabama hunting Blount County when I was real young. It was actually my first season after I took my hunter safety course. So I hunted by myself that season for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, uh we we were hunting in Blount County, and Dad, like, I'm just walking around at, like, you know, nine forty five ten o'clock looking for my dad. I'm like, where are you at, Dad, Dad? And well, he had seen a wreck happen. And so, the like, he thought the person was dead because they kind of did the same thing, fell asleep, roads got slippery, and they went off the ditch. Hmm. And uh, he had, like, he watched the whole thing happen from the ridge that he was hunting on, and so he had to go help them. And, uh, I mean, that was kind of bizarre, you know. Hmm.
4: I think y'all need to find some areas with no curves or something. Walk I walk know, man. Hey, we're
0: we we're, we're road hunters. <laughs> we hunt close to the road, man.
1: Yeah, man. You don't want to walk in too far.
0: Yeah. Overlooks. Ed, Dan Fault started helping us feel better about ourselves by talking about <laughs> overlooked spots. That's what we've been doing this whole time. We just hunt overlooked spots. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> On one of his videos,
1: he's talking about hunting like 75 yards from a parking lot where he killed like one of his big deer. And uh, I was like, that is crazy. And he's like, he was so scared about someone seeing him and being embarrassed because the whole fact of him hunting so close to the cars and the road and everything out there. But I'm like, dude, do what you gotta do to kill a deer.
0: Yeah. yeah so. I mean, there's some truth behind all that. Today, today me and Tyler is walking yeah. uh, that spot, remember? Um, we were coming out right to the truck when me and you oh, were walking spot, out. Yeah. Remember that big trail that was right there? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there was pine thicket on the other side of it and stuff, and it was just right off the road. Mm-hmm. And we were day. like, I mean... And then the spot where you jumped all them deer at. I yeah, mean, we were.
5: I, I bet I was 100 yards from the truck. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we, feeding, we weren't. Yeah. I mean, this is the same area where me and my dad camped at during rutcation. Yeah. Like, that's where we were at. And, uh, I mean, it's not hard. It's not hard to get there from the land at all. No. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth behind that. But but kind of going into that, though. Yeah. Did anybody else have any spooky stories they wanted to share? No. No. Going into that, though, one of the things that uh, Andrew talked to me and Tyler about while we were at the BHA pint night was um, kind of wanted to do an episode about, why don't you explain it, kind of your thoughts behind it.
2: Since we've all been doing the beast hunting thing, I've been doing it for two years. You've been doing it too, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I know that, Mike, you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Parker, and Tyler. Uh,
5: this is half this year. This is,
2: about, this is my out. second. Yeah. My no, second same. full year. So now that we've, we've been kind of feeling our way around it for two years, yeah, or a collective it, decade or so. Was it ex- explain explain what you're talking about. Because some, oh, be, like, some
1: people probably like have are kind of probably clues. Beast hunting
2: being like the idea of like wind-based betting, hunting, wind-based bedding. Well, how would you explain it, Mike? Um,
0: <laughs> that's waste, the, a waste of time. <laughs> waste of my freaking time. <laughs> that,
4: that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know... Hitting those leeward sides to you know near the thermal tunnel, finding those beds along you know that one third elevation mm-hmm. um you know wind to back kinda using the wind coming over the hill and the thermal's coming up, and they they like bed like that, and I mean the bedding the beds are there, I mean they just are mm-hmm. um so don't
0: don't give away your your spill on the whole thing, no. yeah. I won't yeah, but, not yet yeah, we
2: gotta dig into it. But, but I guess you would say like in general it's like a more aggressive style of hunting. Yeah. Than most people have grown up with. Right. Really way more aggressive.
0: And pretty and pretty difficult to do if you're hunting not difficult to do if you're hunting private land, but if you have a piece of private land that's like thirty or forty acres, going in and hunting it that aggressively just isn't smart. You're no. gonna blow everything out. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean so I mean really it it it's a it's a public land Tactic. If you've got a big piece of private land, mm-hmm. definitely can do it. I would do it. Um, trying to think, if I would probably do it if I were invited by somebody to go <laughs> on their club or yeah, something like go. that. Yeah, you know, club you could do it. It's yeah. something if you, as a guest, you know, go mm-hmm. in and ruin it for everybody else, but have an opportunity yeah. to you if know. If you have a lot of deer. spots
2: at your disposal, yeah, it's that's the kind of
4: hunting that you might right. I mean, you could try it. You'd burn mm-hmm. out, you know, a lot of areas really quick.
1: Yeah, you
2: can. yeah. Three or four days of hunting in Georgia. Me and you definitely burned up those spots. Yeah, I we, never went back after I
1: we, went with you. Yeah, we then burned Alabama up.
4: Alabama came in. We burned up probably a couple, <laughs> couple hundred acres.
1: Yeah. But back to, you know, the topic that we wanted to talk about, or you wanted to talk about, kind of going into, you know, us kind of. I just want to hear everyone's thoughts on it. Well, yeah, just getting everyone's thoughts on, beast out hunting. You know. What you learn, which you know, what kind of mistakes maybe you have, you know, you had, and you know. Well, here's a deal
0: too with what Dan Infall says, talking about all of it. He he, I've heard him talk about like it's a progression. Like it, it's not going to be like the year one. You're going to learn things. Year one is going to be really hard. Year two is going to be pretty tough. It's like a three four year process to get to where you're like.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm on my third going into fourth or fourth going into fifth i can't remember but it's i've been doing it a pretty good little while and i know i've been doing it for three seasons like actually hunting for three seasons and then scouting i guess for maybe I want this to be four or maybe already four i can't remember um i
0: want to say you had been doing it for like a year and a half or two years i never never mean you first talked about it
4: yeah um but uh i think the the first year was the, the best year for me. Um, but the only reason why is because of the scouting tactics. Uh, I think that increased, you know, my hunting success tenfold. Now, once that leveled out, I haven't seen a huge increase. I mean, I'm on, I'm on bucks, but I'm not finding bucks in beds and I'm not finding bucks in beds consistently or bucks going to the traveling bed. to the beds um, or now, anywhere in the vicinity of you know maybe some beds I found
0: or something like that um, but I, you've you've bucked out what like two or three years in those out of those out you, of those four years
4: the, the first year when I was um, beast hunting I don't think I killed a buck that year. I think I had buck sightings. But the next year? But I don't think I killed a buck that for no, I take that back. The first year I was down at the hunt club in Bullock County and okay. I, I tagged out that year. Um,
3: <laughs> it's like
0: I zero did. to hero real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't my kill first, anything. You know what? No, I killed three. My, it was so there's just so many yeah. I can't remember all It was no,
4: it was my first year of public that I didn't I didn't kill a buck I don't think I'd have to go back and I mean it's been a few years um, but I don't think I killed a buck that year um, I had a few encounters um, you know ones that may not have been legal up there and you know the WMA I was hunting because it's four on one side yeah um, there were a couple of them that I heard you know I should have just ground checked them but I didn't <laughs> <laughs> So That's an Alabama Dangerous world. game right there Yeah <laughs> No kidding uh, But I mean Surely y'all have heard that Oh that's, never that's, that's, that's I don't know do I mean, I've
1: never heard of no, it Before not, my life That's I an don't. Alabama saying For sure You're getting some clothes like, Oh yeah ground You've check You've never heard the phrase Ground check I've oh, heard it like no.
2: What? A ton <laughs> oh, oh no you're around. Man you purist <laughs> You purist <laughs> Get out of here Ground check What's
3: that? So So anyways How long have you been there hunting? What is that? What's a what's a ground check? So
4: anyways um, But I don't, I don't know. I, I go back and forth. I mean, the beds are there. We find the beds. Yeah. You can find the beds. Yep. You know exactly where they are. You can look at a top of a map, an aerial photo, and I can go pull you out of, you know, a hair out of the leaves and, you know, five minutes to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just they're there, but they're not there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. Well, I, and I mean, think. I think a lot of it has to do with deer density. Um,
1: yeah. I think it's habitat and deer density because if you're in a spot I'll give a great example. If you're hunting someplace that has a lot of pines, now this is different from some spots that y'all hunt, but if you have a place that has a lot of pines and it's like thick pines, it's not wide open pines. It's like like I talk about on the podcast, you know, every now and then, actually did it quite a bit this fall, old select cut pines where they went and they thinned them out like seven, eight years ago. And it is like when you're walking through there, if you, you know, you might see five to 10 yards, that's it. Mm-hmm. But, and you can find beds, but it's like, first of all, how are you going to hunt it? Efficiently, especially with a bow. Like with a gun, I can get up high enough where I can shoot down through stuff. With a bow, it's going to be too sketchy. Um, but it's like one of those things, you can go and find a ton of beds. But it's like, how do you hunt it? How do you hunt it efficiently? It, even if you can go in and cut a bunch of shooting lines. But then you're being so invasive, it kind of goes away from the whole bee style hunting, in my opinion. So, but,
0: I think, I mean, without getting, I, do, we, do you think we explained it well, kind of what your idea was behind the whole episode? Oh, yeah. that, do you think we, are yeah, you, were you done explaining that?
2: Yeah, I mean, like generally we all have like these, like an idea of what it would be like down here. Like for me, watching Dan in Fault and the hunting public and everyone, which is where I've learned most of this stuff, I had an idea of what I would find and what it would do for me. And what it's actually done is something different. Like, right. It's not what I thought it would be. It's still valuable, but it's not what I thought it'd be. Right. You're probably the same. I'm right, the same. But, yeah.
0: Right. So... What it's done for me, and and I think maybe I'm going to be different than probably what both of you guys are feeling right now, because this year, for me, it really, like, with the bigger buck that I killed, that I tagged out on, it was was by the book, man. It was just by the book, and I saw it happen, and he was a a four-and-a-half-year-old buck. So, it's a mature deer for this area. I would say it's probably a mature deer for a lot of areas, you know, but he probably still had some growth that he could have done, but he was a mature buck and, um, and he's the only mature buck I have killed on public. Like when I would say mature, like four and a half older, mm-hmm. um, he's the only one I've ever killed. And, and I killed him like that. Like, so, I mean, it was, I've, I've said it on probably three or four podcasts now kind of explaining it. So I'm not going to explain it again, but it was, I mean, it was leeward side scent checking, Either, either scent checking, probably scent checking, or going to a bed that I had pinpointed that was on private. That I I mean, it was like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. like an old old pine thicket. I yeah. mean, just mm-hmm. thick, nasty. Um, so, one of the things for me, you were talking about how you hunted it. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you hunt that? Yeah. I don't. Like, mm-hmm. what I'm doing almost always, because on the public is where they, um, especially where we're at on, on, on that piece those pine thickets at, le- at least uh, i'll say this where i'm at mm-hmm. on the water access those pine thick thickets and stuff are not on the public side yeah. so i have no chance of getting in there um in that stuff i'm literally all i'm hunting is the transition i'm watching the, the property lines and the boundaries because mm-hmm. usually those hard transitions like that from open hardwoods or even open pines into those thick i mean that's going to be the property line and so i'm watching that mm-hmm. um Cause it would be, it would be, I don't, I hate hunting those thick pine thickets like that. And the access is, it sucks cause you can't get in there quietly cause you're just busting through all the up. briars and the pine, all those pines. <laughs> I mean, they're loud, you know? Yeah. Um, and so for me, like I'm not actually hunting. I don't, I, I almost never hunt the bed, yeah. which could be considered not beast hunting, but I always have it. I always know where I think it's at, and I'm I'm hunting the bed bed to food or, or whatever you know something like that. To me,
1: in the southeast, you're doing the more efficient way. Like most of the guys that I know that hunt in the southeast and public land, that are killers, are hunting transition areas between beds or be, between bedding areas, not even necessarily bed to food. If they are between bed to food, they're hugging close to the bedding area, but they're hunting they're hunting those transition areas instead of hunting, you know, a defined couple of beds. That's my thing. Is like it's awesome to go find them because we found a couple of real good ones in the off season, mm-hmm. but it's like. Trying to sit in those transition areas where you could have multiple deer come through there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that buck come out of that bed and cut through there, or go towards that bed. But you're trying to sit in those high odd spots. Right. And again, a lot of guys think about that during the rut. Like I'm going to sit in a funnel. I'm going to sit in a huge transition area. That's fine. But you can do that year round if you're close enough to a bedding area, designated bedding area. Because you know bucks and does they do kind of they do separate, especially like early season. You know they're normally you know apart from each other. And if you can figure out where that buck bedding area is in a general area and find a transition area going towards, you know, some food, you can do quite well. And yep. mostly guys like Jeff Holman, that's what he does. And he runs cameras there and he puts mm-hmm. them in those strategic spots It has tons of luck. I mean, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I mean, Mike Perry's doing yeah. a lot of the same thing. Yeah. And he yeah. kills big deer out where we're at. Right. Him and his wife, yeah. you know? I mean, so, so in the scouting methods, I think it works the exact yeah. same way as hunting beast methods Mm -hmm. you know i mean you scout the exact same if you can find now most of my spots the bedding that i know about um there's some on the public side but most of it's private and so i'm not even i'm not even going to make sure there's beds there but the deer activity i'm seeing tells me Mm -hmm. definitely beds in there um and so you know the scouting doesn't really change and i think that is for me where that's kind of where the rubber meets the road of beast hunting Mm -hmm. like that's that's the that's the whole i don't even know the right way to say it that's the the whole premise the whole premise of it is the scouting Mm -hmm. so if you're scouting these areas you're finding trails so if if you've got somewhere where it looks like there should be a bed you know in a pine thicket on a on a you know on a point off, off a ridge or whatever um which would be pretty normal what we've what we find um you know if you have an idea that that's the way deer bed there if you're in that kind of terrain you can find you can find the trails that are leading to it, um, especially if you're you know on the private side on this. If it's like the same ridge, you can find that sign in the scouting mm-hmm. process. You know, and and you don't even ever have to actually go into the bed. Or mm-hmm. like a lot of places that you're hunting in the big the big part of this area. I'm hunting small pieces. You're hunting more of the big where you yeah, can actually go tracks. in and, yeah. and find those beds and right. hunt them that way.
4: And I think and that's what I've done. Uh, but I, I, out of all the hunts that I've sat, you know, over bedding, I, I can't say I've ever seen a, a buck come into an actual bed. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of that has to do with the density up there where, you know, we spend most of mm-hmm.
1: our time.
0: All right, guys, sorry about that. We had a uh, a little technical difficulty. I don't know why, but the computer just started – or stop recording so uh we were in the middle of mike talking and we realized it wasn't recording and uh we had been talking we've been for talking a for a good 20 more minutes <laughs> yeah. and so uh we'll try to pick so up where co- we left off and hopefully not so maybe a repeat little bit anything of the, yeah
4: so maybe a little bit of the uh condensed version um yeah i basically said that i'd never seen any of these bucks come back to betting, um, and so. Uh, I think from here on out, I'm going to focus on more, I guess, funnels or some kind of pinch point or something that you know would increase my odds. In grain, the, grain <laughs> corn <piles. laughs>
0: Greenfield,
3: so,
0: corn Greenfield, double water stand, p- corn, piles, corn
4: piles, are piles is a pretty good pinch point. <laughs> <I understand>. um, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's that's going to be kind of the plan. Uh, in season scouting, we just touched on that just yeah. at the very end. Um, that's one thing that I've always thought was most important. And I, I told you when we had that, one, one of those podcasts, I think it was mm-hmm. when I was in Georgia, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yep, because we uh, were talking
0: about early season kind yeah, of
4: tactics and it, stuff. To me, it's the the best scouting, in in my opinion, because you know exactly when the sign is popping up. You know, when they're in a specific area, you, you have the timeline. If you go in postseason, all you have is the whole season, you know, in past years like that in season it it's invaluable um
0: and that's kind of, i mean today today proved that to me because we were in an area that we call my honey hole um all of us and we were kind of doing man drives and stuff we didn't really talk about that yet but um and we were in this area that i know man there's deer all over it and y'all know i mean y'all have seen my videos yeah. and stuff you, you've seen my you know, I, I text y'all when I see deer and stuff on that group text. Mm-hmm. There's deer in there. There's serious deer in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We went in today. I mean, Tyler jumped those in that spot, but there wasn't even hardly any sign. No, no. It, there, we, there was no fresh day, tracks crossing roads. Um, I mean, it was just dead. There was some, yeah, old scrapes. You know, you can tell the deer were in there, but and
4: that's one thing I have. I did not do this year that I've always done in the past is a lot of in season scouting. I was just going in straight to locations that had been productive in the past, last year's. Just, for example, where I put the camera up at and thought, you know, I was going to be killing Babe Ruth buck this year. Hmm. What happened? Yeah, I remember that. What happened? I went in there and hunted. No sign. After I hunted, I went and looked real quick. Nothing. It was cold as can be. I did run into a guy that morning parked at the gate, so he'd been in there evidently, but, but I don't know what other factors... You know, there's so many different factors you have, you know, with the private, you know, surrounding public, you've got the public land pressure, you've got all of these other variables that you just cannot predict, you know, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. So in season scouting, uh, I think that's going to be the biggest thing next year. I'm going back to straight up just taking off through the woods um, and and seeing what I can find, finding that fresh sign like, you know, like you said.
0: Well, so, so you, we haven't really talked about it yet, but you killed a buck last week. Yeah. Right? A pretty... And do you mean to tell you how? What what made... <laughs> nah, we're just going <laughs> to no. skip over it. <laughs> it's not important. That's <laughs> not important. No, but, I mean, it really does have to do with kind of what everything we're talking about. You've had a crap year, yeah. you know, overall. And and then you kill. You kind of start questioning yourself, you know, like... Right.
4: I, I totally disregarded... I, I I started totally disregarding uh, how I would set up for predicting the wind. I think that I touched on it. I don't think it was recorded, but I would always set up for a predicted wind. Like say it was coming out of the South in the morning and then it was going to switch around to like to the West or Northwest, uh, you know, like around nine or 10 o'clock I was setting up for that. Never seeing deer, never seeing deer. Um, I'm not going to be doing that anymore. Um, So from now on, like, like you, uh, you killed that deer. Uh, Brad killed that deer. Mm-hmm. When I say you, Andrew, Andrew killed um, <laughs> Andrew killed his buck, uh, and the wind was hitting the side of the hill um, that that buck was coming up on. Yeah, so a lot of your movement doesn't necessarily have to be on that leeward side, um, especially yeah. before the wind gets up and you know gets more predictable or or, or more. I don't, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. No, but you're running consistent.
0: Yeah. Consistent with what the forecast is. Yeah,
4: um, but anyways, back to the deer I killed, um, cutting tracks in the mud. Uh, so I went down. My dad invited me uh, to go down as a guest to uh, his hunting club. I was supposed to be going to Barber, and um, and meet up with a, a guy named Terry Pettis um, that I, I met last year at Barber, and he was. We were going to all camp together again this year, and my, my brakes are shot. I mean, yeah, I didn't want to drive. You know. Three, three and a half hours, you know, away with my brake. My brake light is on.
0: I've, I've got like metal driving, metal for he a year. It looks like he's driving a stick shift. When I'm, I'm cool, having a uh, ride with him today because he's, he's, he's having a shift. I'm having a, a downshift,
4: down. you know, to one to get the truck to stop. slow down enough to, oh, to stop. So that is so, bad. It ain't, it ain't just one
5: gear. It's all three <laughs> gears. He's having to go from three second to second one. So, so, anyways, and I'm sleeping in the truck here. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I, I said, no Hey,
4: I said, Hey, you're he supposed to be icy this morning. I said, We'll be good. You're not supposed to hit the brakes with icy. <laughs> <laughs> I said,
0: When I say I was like, there's a time to get your brakes fixed, and it's during the off season. Yeah, exactly. I, hey, it.
4: I got I got hunting, and I got four kids. So, I mean. <laughs> There's, there's certain certain priorities and that yeah. was just low on the list.
0: It, it was stopping me just fine. Your wife's until, gonna have four kids by herself if yeah, you don't get brakes yeah, no, so. yeah. <laughs>
4: fixed. I've already I already got the quote. I got a second quote because that first quote was thousand bucks to get brakes and rotors. Rotors are
1: expensive. I'm just gonna say, man, yeah. I had to put them on my my old. You can change car. them yourself. You're to have yeah. you to lift. Andrew I don't jacked. have a bar to change. Andrew, Andrew's been there done that.
4: Yeah, I, I got, got, change. Routers, I got a change. Calipers, rotors. You keep waiting. <laughs> <playing>, you, <laughs> <have laughs> <keep laughs> hey, you got you got a lift that'll lift my truck, though. <laughs> Yo, ch- oh, yeah. That's, a, yeah, that's a the problem. That goes up about seven feet.
2: You need a yeah. house, Jack. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all bleep out curse words in your podcast? Sometimes. Because Jacob definitely just cuss. What did you say that for, I thought? No. He said the S-H-I-T word. Oh, no. It might have been and it, me. I said the F word. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said that might have been me that said the F <laughs> word. I, <laughs> <mean."> <laughs> I forgot. What in the church? that <laughs> <laughs> going? Ja- Jacob just said it nonchalantly, though. It was, he didn't even realize he said it. No, <laughs> regular I don't know if y'all normally do that, so. No. I, I, I
1: mean, it
2: depends on if I feel like going and finding it. Yeah. Bleeping it.
0: But okay so you were
1: cutting tracks I'm, I'm kind of curious in this so you cut tracks yeah so i pre-scouted so i went down yeah. as a
4: guest i, I pre-scouted i cyber scouted it yeah. um for my dad for him to go um and uh so i already had all of these spots picked out that i wanted to hit up and mm-hmm. I, I went and checked them out real quick and i mean they're spot on and you could tell by the the mud there's a lot of mud down there and uh and you could you could tell where they were cutting the roads. There's only two roads to the property. It's only mm-hmm. 600 acres. Ten people hunting it, okay. so it's not a very big section. Um, but all I was doing is finding those, you know, finding those funnels and pinch points, seeing where they were crossing the roads, and, and working back to where I thought the bedding was, and, mm-hmm. and possibly where they were feeding. So, and that's that's all I did. You shot um, them off the ground? No, I
3: actually shot that.
5: <laughs> no, I. <laughs> No, I, I shot hey, it. Uh, he, he had a big change. He went from public, wind-based, uh, greenfield ladder stands, private. <laughs> big big, oh, big man. change. <laughs> All right, Mr. Cornpile. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Okay. So, no, I had I, – I took the lone wolf hand climber. That's
0: That mare-step double man Yeah, <laughs> the ladder's 10. Shoot no. rail across a 10-foot stand.
4: No, I,
5: Okay, anyway. Your dad sit with
3: you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't talk. I don't know if your dad sits with he you or not, but mine hunt. doesn't, so... He don't hunt. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about anything, that. anything else? <laughs> I'm, I'm done. <laughs> okay. All right. So, anyways, uh, what I did is I I climbed up, and uh, it was it was an all day sit is how it was gonna be planned. Cause I noticed that uh, it was full moon. They weren't moving the day before that uh, in the in the morning or in the evening. It seemed like it was had to have been all midday movement. So, I got in there, and I sat until one o'clock was when I saw the first deer. I did not see anything from you know, when I got in there and never bumped anything, I didn't see it until uh, one o'clock that afternoon. It was some does that come off and did, uh, come across the Creek crossing and was headed up to, um, one of the green fields. And so what I did is I set up right there at that Creek crossing. And, um, and then the buck came in like five minutes after those does came through. Uh, he wasn't chasing yet. He wasn't dogging or anything, but he was on the trail Mm -hmm. and, um, and he Walked off, and I had to throw a grunt at him because um, he was so far away. And he had actually ended up coming right back by me and uh and shot him probably about 75 yards. Yeah. And he's a uh,
1: big six, right?
4: Yeah, big six. He'd have been a mainframe eight, just didn't have the brows.
1: At Alabama brow times. Yep. <laughs> or nothing. Yeah. Nubs. So, yeah. I killed a bunch like that.
4: Uh, and same. A, and a bunch. Four on one side, two on the other. What, you're Four on a
0: streak on one side, though. One on the other. You're on a streak right now. Yeah. What? What is it? Five or six. Five or six. Six points in a row. Yeah.
2: Need to go get you a spike. Yeah. yeah I'll you got to break
5: 11 it. 11 I was, it. I was, was today if I got a chance. Yeah, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> said <laughs> he's gonna shoot a doe. Tyler said if it if it has spots on, him, dude. Uh, you know. I mean, hey, I got, Jacob. I got one
0: book. We can't talk, bro. Mm. <laughs> we can't talk about it, bro. That's what I'm saying. you and me. My pocket, dude. No, no, we're we're in the cradle robber, the cradle robber club. Yep. Hey, listen. Mm. Tender meat right there, boy. Killed that thing beast hunting. <laughs> <laughs> it was like ripe ages
2: six months old. <laughs> like, Baby. I
1: still have milk in my mouth. I was mouth. say mine. See, mine was probably born. No, mine was even six months. Jeez.
0: You probably had. Kill in no, October.
4: There. I forgot it was on podcast.
1: What?
4: I was going to say something funny. What
0: were you going to say? Say it. Ha- say it, Mike.
4: I had uh, Pride's. Slipped from the tit or something,
2: and the white Mama's milk off it. Hey,
0: I, hey, I did. Yeah. I mean, you should have seen the one that was with it. Its sibling. Smaller so, oh, oh, it was smaller. Than oh that. crap! It okay. was smaller than that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, if, and I'm actually editing the video right now because I haven't. i been. Mike saw a big buck that night, so mm-hmm. I really want to add that in the video. And I hadn't seen it because he's been hunting so much. Uh, but uh, so I was editing that video, and um, the the one that was with it almost looks like an animation, yeah. right? Because the ears <laughs> are so big, it look it looks like a like a Bambi deer. You know what I mean? Oh, like where yeah. it's got the little pointy nose and the the big ears. <laughs> y'all y'all see it. People listening are gonna see it eventually, and I, and I'm gonna no shame. There ain't gonna be no shame in it because it sounds like, like my talking ear. about. There man. were no spots, and it was legal. And it was on public land with a bow, and I got it on camera. Oh, yeah. Black.
1: Yep.
2: Heck yeah. If we can show what Jacob shot, we can show what you shot for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> pick that, so pick
0: that thing up it's like this. So kind of like
2: a big old swamp rabbit.
0: <laughs> so kind of going back to yeah. to Mike, you know, um, kind of changing up your tactics a little bit. Uh, not a little bit, a lot. You know, kind of really swapping from that that whole. But but they, I, I do think, it, you know. This is your dad's club that you killed that deer on. Um, really, you, you didn't even scout it. Had you scouted it at no, all? So, no, just cyber scout. So there's no, there's no telling, you know, it, if you could have gone in there and scouted. It probably had something to do with where this buck was bedded at, or at least where the does that it was chasing were were bedded at, you know. I mean, and it, with some scouting intel, you would have known that. But going into a new spot, cyber scouting it on the maps, on X, and just kind of looking at it, it's like, okay, well – um, it worked out for you finding the fresh sign, right. and you know I think going in, a lot of times, man, you go into places in Kentucky. I don't think I hunted one spot that we scouted uh, when we went in the summer. Right. It was all just kind of going in and guessing. Okay, I'm going to guess there's beds here, and we were and way going off in. base. With and we were off, we were definitely off base, but you know I mean, seeing the when we saw deer, it mm-hmm. had something to do with the bedding. It all I think it always does, and and that's where, maybe you guys feel differently, but that's kind of where for me, like, when I think about the last two years um, and almost predicting the deer movement uh, after learning, you know, the beast tactics and stuff, um, predicting that deer movement, the deer movement that I've seen my whole entire life was the same. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. Right? I'd go in and, and basically just... just uh. <laughs> Feel like I'm being watched. That's a pretty sweet camera. Um, uh, I basically just go in and find tracks and be like, "Oh, I'll set up right here." I'm sure every single one of those spots. If I were to look at an aerial map of it right now, I would be able to figure out, you know, okay, well, that's why I saw this big mature buck right here. Yeah. This buck right here that we I've got hanging above me. I could go and look at it and probably figure out, you know, what he was doing if I if I had you know that intel.
2: That's how it was with me. When I, when I first started paying attention to like wind, just wind in general, not necessarily like hunting the wind cause I already did that, but how deer use the wind was I had this spot that was like a real steep, like tight pinch point. It's like two really steep hills and there's a little swampy area in between them. And there's a little logging road on that swampy area that the deer were walking really hard. And I kept hunting it with like a perfect wind, like wind directly in my face, you know, cutting over the deer trail. And I never saw anything. And then one day it was like a western wind that was blowing like parallel to the trail. And I just, I was like, whatever, I want to hunt today. And I went in there and that's when I finally saw a deer in that spot. And I kept hunting and it and ended up killing a deer. Actually my first public land deer a couple years ago in that spot. And then I started, you know, when, when I like realized that might be what I was missing, I started thinking about a bunch of other deer that I'd killed and seen and like kind of connecting the dots And then, from then on, you know, getting more into it is how I found out, like, the hunting beast style. Do you
4: think we should hit on the, uh, the, um, bucks cutting trails?
2: Yeah, so, like, man, I don't know, with wind, I have all these, like, ideas about wind in my head, like, how do the deer actually use wind? Like, how well can they actually wind something? It's like, yeah, they can wind you, like, definitely, they can wind you easily, but, on the day I killed my buck, I mean, it was, what, like 14-mile-per-hour winds? And that deer was coming wind in his back, but he was, he didn't seem like he was paying attention to the wind at all. He was walking straight up the, the gas line, which was the bedding area. There was, like, dough beds all in it. And he was just walking through there, smelling the ground. He was smelling trails. He was leaning over and smelling individual beds. So I'm right. wondering, like... You know, you always hear they're cutting downwind of a bedding area, but I'm right. like, man, if he's cruising downwind, yeah. if he's just walking downwind, right. I don't think that that's very efficient yeah. for them smelling everything and, in that bedding
4: area. And there's a lot of situations where they can't do that because if you've got, you know, some bluffs with, with bedding in, in the little draws, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times those bucks will just cut the top edge, you know, right above the bedding because a lot of times what i found, depending on where the, the food is, you know, if they come back over the hill from food, then there's, you know, it, it just makes more sense for them to cut those trails, you know, above where those does are going to be, because they can find every single trail that you know yeah. could be hot. Smelling the ground scent. And yeah, stuff,
1: right. Well, it's yeah, and it's like this year I had a c- pretty cool encounter with a young buck uh, on a piece of public where I was. You told me about that. Yeah, so that was really cool. so <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I this year I did not hunt. I think I hunted one spot. It was on private property. Other than private, all my public land spots were places i went to for the first time i just scouted. like i scouted a bunch pre-season but i didn't go to any of those spots because once season got here i was looking for fresh and nothing was there but um i had a situation down in alabama was hunting some public and looked at a place on a map it was kind of the same general area i've been hunting and seeing a ton of deer and every time i'm going in hunting real thick pines you're getting up in a tree and i was hunting with a pistol and all i'm looking for is a 30 you know inside 40 yard shot and that's what this provided me and decided to loop around the wing got kind of iffy and uh going on the top side of it and i was literally looking at a a couple of these big fingers come off this main ridge and it's all pines, it's all pines down the bottoms you know it's a bunch of privet and just nasty uh osage orange and all these Mm. other kind of little trees and uh got up on the point because i'm like man there's probably going to be beds there and i was thinking you know trying to get up there it wasn't necessarily the best spot for something to bed that day but there's probably going to be beds up there. And I got up there and started finding beds. And it's real thick. It was briars, probably three and a half, four feet tall. And you're kind of just kind of push your way through. I found one pine tree I climbed up in. I got in the saddle. <clears throat> I was looking up the ridge, and it was thick, dude. That was on the spots like on the ground. You thought you could see. You get up in the tree, and you kind of see. But it was like very limited shooting opportunities. And really what you could see, you could just hear a lot. And right at last light, probably like 10 minutes before last light, uh, had a little buck. I heard some grunts up above me. And The buck came down, went in his back, coming down the ridge. And this is is only a a year-and-a-half-year-old buck. But he gets down there, and I've seen there's four or five beds right below my tree, like all around my tree. And he comes down there, and he starts zigzagging through all of them. And he just starts zigzagging. And he's like... Intentionally <coughs> making a ton of noise, it seemed like. I mean, because he snuck down there, I didn't I didn't hear him. I mean, he was dead quiet. The second he got within 30 40 yards of me where this big briar patch was, he starts zigzagging and he's like stepping on everything. And He'd step on something, make a loud noise, and he'd start looking around. He'd pop his head up, start looking around, like huh, looking down. He was, like cracking sticks under his well, head. like trying, like looking down below me where all these beds were. And he was looking down there like he was trying to kick something up. He kept zigzagging, putting his nose to the ground. And this is before this area started rutting, but he was just kind of doing his thing. And he finally gets to these beds, and he literally starts like jumping through the briar, trying to make a lot of noise. And when he'd stop, he'd like look around, and like look down at these beds, see if anything could kick up, and then he'd circle around me and kept doing zigzag all the way to the bottom. I grunted, he came right back up to me and started looking at these beds, and you know then left. But I'm like, there's so many situations, and that was a very light wind day. There's so many, and it was all thermals. I mean, you could feel the thermals come uh-huh. off that ridge. You know, deer cannot always have the wind in their face, especially, but they just can't. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of situations, like when I was in Tennessee and. Missing opportunity, the biggest white tail I've ever seen on public land, period. Probably the biggest deer I've ever seen, period, ever. He was coming, he was cutting doe trails. It was right during the rut, mid-November, first day of gun season. And I'm sitting right below, on the private side of the soybean field, is giant draw. And it's a spot, he had been in a general area to that and had a really big deer run past him. I've never been in this spot ever. And I just looked at transition lines. I'm like, I'm going to sit right there. Hiked in there. It's right over a mile. Got set up. And just started kind of starting to see deer trails. I was walking, I could see deer trails going parallel to the ridge top. There's multiple of them. as I was going up, get set up, and you know had this big deer come up, and you know missed an opportunity at him. It was so quiet. Thermals started sucking down. Got hill. busted. And then there's a movement <laughs> of me trying to get my gun back. Pull the gun up and try to cock the hammer. I just couldn't make it happen.
0: I'm, hey, I remember that. I remember that group text where you. I, I was actually sitting in a tree that day, yep. and you said uh, <laughs> I just saw the biggest, uh, biggest buck i've ever seen on public land yeah no shot and tyler was like <laughs> saying something that's like bow hunter elitist to you <laughs> so it was I'm, like uh yeah. yeah you said something you're like are you are you bow hunting i'm
1: like
0: nope and you said no nope. rifle hunting you said it was like within 40 yards and like, you said something like super smart i look back to him like <laughs> uh, not me <laughs> no.
1: but, but like the whole situation with that after the fact you know this, this, there was like, you know, sun finally gets up real high where I can start seeing like individual trees and he was running, there's a road line right there that was destroyed all these different size trees, you know, good size trees, size of a baseball bat going up, crossing all the, you know, crossing all these doe trails and actually had some doe slip by going on those trails. And he was coming right up and going up to the top of the ridge, went up there and found some beds in a huge staging area around the edge of the soybean field, private land literally goes up to the edge of the field. And there's a staging area right there with a bunch of cedars, and it's destroyed. You can see where deer had been fighting in there. There was rubs <laughs> everywhere, scrapes, and he was kind of going up there. Anyways, it got me thinking, the wind, all there was that morning was thermals. And then, every, then finally the wind picked up by like 7, 8 o'clock in the morning and it was starting to pull up the hill like I wanted it to because I was kind of catching stuff crossing. And it just made me think, I'm like, man, was he using the thermals? or or what it was was real real cold days and when i was down the bottom you could definitely feel the air kind of sinking Mm -hmm. and once i got up i was like man this this might not be like what i thought it was because i'm looking downhill like i'm probably gonna get busted that's exactly what happened but it's like deer can always can't always have the wind to their face or wind to their nose there's different situations where i think they just kind of know what might work best for them and then during the rut like kind of your buck he was just Pushing does man. He 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 knew where some doe bedding area was, mm-hmm. and he was just trying to slip through it, kind of like yeah. that little buck.
0: So going back to that though, like, um, kind of going back to, they can't always, they can't always travel. Yeah. When w- with the wind in mind, right? Yeah. So they can't always do it, and and I think that really comes into play in the in the terrain areas like where we hunt because 100%. terrain. Yeah. And this is where it goes back to, kind of what you're trying to to work your way through. And Tyler, I mean Tyler, I don't think ever really actually sold out to the beast tactics, no. to, to betting bedding or anything like that. Um, and you've had a pretty good season, well, you know.
5: See, I was struggling at first because you're trying to do yeah, it, yeah,
0: and then yeah. you're like, screw it, I'm going back. I'm hunting saddles yeah. and pinch points. I'm hunting all this stuff, corn <laughs> piles, yeah. and
5: greenfield ladder stands, Mike. <laughs> all that. Um,
0: but but I think where we hunt. The, the terrain and the betting, it all works together because no, you know, if if they've got a bluff, some they just gotta go around it. Yeah. They gotta figure out their their route around it. They're not gonna just jump off just because the wind's at their advantage, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um it's kinda like it's kinda like that uh if anybody listens to the off or watches the office, have you seen that episode where uh Michael is following his GPS and it leads him right into the it leads him right into the lake. He's like, "Well, this is the way it told me to go." <laughs> yeah, and he ends up driving right into the water. Um, I mean, it, it really does work a lot like that. You, just because, just because something seems like it works, where we were where we were at today, um, trying to do that drive, looking at it, you had to climb down this huge bluff yeah. at the bottom, and we were walking up the top. You had to climb down that huge bluff. Like, you can cyber scout. You can do all kinds of stuff. And say, oh, you know, this all, all is
5: eggs, it didn't show that. It didn't show that. Stuff. No, it, didn't, it no. doesn't
0: show the bluff. You you can't always see that kind of stuff, and that's where the sign is king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because and mm-hmm. you and that's where saddles. That's where funnels. That's where transitions. That's where all that stuff kind of comes into play, and 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 that's for us to figure out. That's that's scouting. That's in season yeah. scouting. That's doing all and you know hunting until you find sign. Doing a. Uh, I mean, I guess that would be the ultimate definition of running and gun and is you're you're walking in and yeah. finding the spot and setting up.
1: And that's what I did all this year. And I hunted more afternoons than mornings. And I know some people can't do that, but just because of schedule and everything, it worked with me. Plus, I dude, I have a hard time waking up. So do, you, she like her, do you
4: find the afternoons better up in Tennessee than Alabama? I, I've never had a no, lot of luck down
1: here. I, I, I wouldn't say that, but I can I can scout my way into a spot. So that's the whole yeah. thing of me going in the afternoon. I, I've gone in yeah. multiple mornings before and had luck and killed deer or got on deer just by looking at something on the map. I'm like, I'm gonna go sit that spot and then walk in there, hiking, and I get lucky. In the afternoons, I can go. You know, I have a couple you know transition areas I want to check out. Doesn't mean I'm gonna hunt them. I'll get there and I'm like, dude, if there's no droppings, that's the biggest thing. If I can't find you know, there's, you know, a lot of guys talk about, like, feed trees and, like, finding stuff like that. If I can't find something that is drawing those deer in there and I'm finding a lot of sign, like, not and I, I, to be honest, your rubs are cool. Like, we got tied up one time in Tennessee. like, oh, we found this one big rub. It was wide open timber. Dude, it was ridiculous. I mean, you could have taken the old 6'5 Creedmoor and shot 200 <laughs> yards. Tyler just yeah. found out about the 6'5 I, Creedmoor. I, last week. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, about to learn a little bit more in this podcast. No, I'm joking. But um, No,
0: this was the day you shot that pocket deer, wasn't it? No, no I remember was the, the video. It was the, it was the
1: next day though, but yeah. So it's like this wide open timber. We got stuck on like, oh man, there's just one. There's a uh, fresh rub. No, there's a, a fresh rub. But smelled then,
2: like a buck. I mean bad. I touched he, he, it. Yeah, and he I got down. He started
0: licking the tree. He no, I like, did not. <laughs> 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 listen, listen. Yeah. Andrew is a woodman. That's why he's gonna tell it how it. fresh it is by them. the taste.
4: <laughs> it's like on uh, Harry and the Hendersons when that. chocolate oh, Yeah.
3: Takes
4: like the hair and licks it or smells it or
3: something.
2: No, I put my. I, like, put the back of my fingers on this rub and smelled the back of my fingers, and I was like, oh, my God, that smells like a but, tarsal gland. But, but, anyways, what I'm trying <laughs> to get terrible. to, we, we got way like,
1: too tied go. up on just a little bit of sign that absolutely means nothing. Like, in wide open timber, like, there's no deer coming through here. Well, yeah, line. there's
2: a cedar thicket, like, 80 yards up no, on the hill. We and, thought it was a cedar thicket. Yeah, that was our problem, is it rose up right there, and, like, with our idea of what we expected to find, we're like there should be a deer bedded right, there's a corner, and we're like, there should be a deer bedded right there. And maybe it's this buck that left this super fresh rub. Yeah. There's persimmons, there's acorns on the ground right there. So we're yeah. like, this makes sense. But we, we were afraid to go up over the uh, over the side of the hill to look at the cedar thicket because we're like, well, if
1: that buck's bedded right there, then it'll see us pop up and turns out there was no it was cedars it was, it was too no, thick no there was no thick I mean it was too it, wide open you, the canopies a too thick I got on the thick. ground and right. I scouted it like Shaded a couple days later and it's freaking wide open as far as you can see and the deer just weren't bedding there but they were, there was a draw on the back side. That's where they were betting because I've hunted that area multiple different times, and they always came from this deep draw. I'm talking, you, you walk down the draw. It's like 15, 16 feet on each side. And actually, got scary one time because I got down in it and I could not get back up on the other side now, in the dark. Was, it was this crazy. the
0: day? Was this the day when y'all saw the the three or four spikes? The
1: following day, next day. That was no, the that next was the day, day too. He that same, same same okay. area yeah. you we know, in Tennessee.
0: Okay. So we, anyway, but we did the same <laughs> thing. When
1: you said the pocket
4: deer, I. I
0: yeah, he killed that one in Tennessee uh, when Andrew yeah. was down okay. or up there. But
1: again, that, that whole premise of what we did that afternoon was the following day when we were able to get on all those deers, going in kind of with the idea there was a little saddle out there and we just want to check it and see what kind of sign. And we got up there and started finding. It was destroyed. Well, there was there was a lot of bucks on it. There was like three or four scrapes, which that's that's cool. But that's fresh, to, the, fresh to me, grapes. right now, after what I've learned from talking to a couple of different guys on the podcast this year. That still doesn't get me that excited unless there's awesome bedding habitat and there's awesome food next to it. If it scrapes in the <laughs> wide openers in the area, I'm like, dude, that's okay. They could be here any time of the day or at night. It doesn't matter. That area had both too. It but, had
2: great food and great bedding. Yes, because right
1: of topography. There's a bunch of different topo features there that makes sense for bedding. And then there's a bunch of privet and a bunch of thicker habitat next to a bunch of open oaks. And they there was so much deer sign. I've never seen very few times I've seen that much droppings underneath a bunch of trees where you couldn't take really many steps without stepping in a pile. And it was all fresh. Yeah, it and was got... cra-
2: I'd never seen anything
1: like it. Yeah. Like, so, it was crazy. But again, you can't do that in the morning. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like, when you're hunting a spot brand new, which I like doing that, I like doing a lot of fresh hits. I hate hunting the same spot over and over again. Unless I know there's a big deer in there, but then it gets to the point where I'm only trying to hunt that deer, and I get kind of too tied up in it, and it can ruin you because you spend two weeks there and that nothing happened to happened.
4: Me and Sam R. Murphy, I found a spot like you're talking about. It was full of rubs, full of scrapes, full of deer droppings. Yeah. Um, and I hunted it for two, two days, morning and evening, coming in at different angles.
1: Nothing, yeah, mm-hmm. nothing. And it's like I just don't get excited about it anymore. And it just gets to the point where if you can find, especially early season, if you can find decent. Decent food sources, okay, and also just good bedding in general. I think you can do really well. Again, in-season scouting, we talk about it all the time. Stuff changes within two weeks. Like what happens two weeks from now is not going to be the same. Like every two weeks, there's something changing. And where right? you're
0: at yeah. in Tennessee, where you've got a lot of ag, absolutely. Yeah. Like the patterns Ken- change. Kentucky, it changes in friggin' a day, day. and a half. It yeah, don't. Right. It don't take long. Uh In Alabama. I think it can, depending on when you're hunting. I tapers see off. what I see is, yeah, it just tapers off. Like it doesn't like, I don't ever see like I see like Part good movement pretty much open day of bow season. I see good movement as far as deer's concerned, you know, does, young bucks, and stuff. Um, then I start seeing, you know, as it gets on, you start seeing the little bit, little bit increase in age of the bucks moving, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of tapers off, and and it doesn't. Yeah. Like, I think when you have ag and you have different late season food sources you it can jumps. kind of you can you can pinpoint that where we're at on pretty much all the public land out here yeah. you're not gonna find it. you're just not gonna find the ag you know private land some private land you know I've I've got a spot where I drive to go hunt um, and there's a soybean field a standing soybean field on that drive. Mm-hmm. I see deer there all the time in the late season yeah. but then I go and hunt get my jump in my kayak and go hunt.
1: Nothing. Well, see, the pattern to me, I've noticed this even down in Alabama hunting. I've noticed the same thing is <laughs> the patterns down there change because of the, what's a hot food source, like wherever that plant was I told you guys about, last time I was down there, they kind of like tapered off it. You know, like, it, it was, didn't seem like, and they just kind of move on to different things, especially like in pine thickets. There's different, different things they're hitting on in you know, the late season, trying to hit their hitting privet real hard. And this is the fact because that's like the, you know, the softest, most tender thing they can get. Yeah. To. I've
4: got these little green, little green leafy pods or something. It's only like one or two little leaves that's growing up in pine straw in pine thickets you know
0: what that might be yeah you got to, the, you got the video that, they don't grow but like an inch tall
2: I'll have to look at it
1: I might know what it um,
0: is talk about that video of that buck I mean we'll have to show it nobody can see it but the audio show Um, <laughs> about just how he was like that buck that you video and he was almost like just Vacuuming it. He, he you was. see a green he, he, dot? He, he was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he would see a
4: green dot, and he'd go, and he'd bite it. And he'd look over here, and he'd see a green dot, and he'd bite it. Yep. And yeah. it's what he was doing. He was just looking for yeah, that man, one. Yeah, man, that's
2: food source. When, when me and you were in Georgia, all that activity that we were having, there's a dove field on the property. And, you know, everyone dove hunted it and shot it up and everything. And then uh, there were some rains, like, back in September. Like, that area got a bunch of rain. And that millet resprouted. And those the deer and turkeys and everything was just hammering it. And I kept, I was driving farther back into the property. And then coming out at night, I'd see like six bucks in that field every time. So then when me and you met up, Mike, mm-hmm. I, I had like four or five days or something like that where either morning or afternoon, I was going to hunt it. And uh, what I ended up doing was like narrowing down where I thought they were coming from. I'd work my way in there. It was finding the rubs, the droppings, fresh tracks, cutting the road. And what I narrowed it down to was in between these two roads, it's like 60 yards wide, I felt like an idiot sitting there, but Mm. there's a privet thicket around this dead oak tree where the canopy opened up because the the oak's dead, sun's coming through, privet comes up, and when I walked past it to go deeper in, I bumped a buck out of it. And so the next time I went in, which was the next day, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sneak within 70 yards of that thing and set up and see what happens. And that's exactly what I did, and like way early in the afternoon is when I shot underneath that buck.
4: Right.
3: Yeah.
2: And it's just like, and if you and if we would have went back a week later, I'm sure they wouldn't have been bedding there. It's just, it just changes so much, and I feel like that was kind of a unique situation mm-hmm. where I was able to observe those bucks several times and like know what they were doing. Where down, I mean, down here, we're, we're in this closed canopy forest, it's thick. You just don't get to observe bucks all that often.
3: Yeah,
1: and I think a, I think another thing <laughs> is is just don't get stuck in a rut. Don't get stuck in a certain way. You have to be adaptable, and that that's the biggest thing. That's one thing again. I kind of learned on the fly this year because l- last few years, one reason I've struggled to not ever kill that many deer is just because I get stuck in my way. I'd be doing the same thing opening day season as I did at the end of season. You know, and it's just my big thing was trying to hunt bigger transition areas. And to me, one thing that hindered me was not getting in thick enough cover. You know, hunting in areas mm-hmm. where it's wide open timber. One of you, you, I think, Parker, you might have talked about it. You know, the deer kind of skirt those, like, you know, there's certain situations where the deer is going to try to, you know, if the deer can't keep the wind in its face. He's going to try to go through, you know, dip, it's going through a certain habitat type. I noticed in certain terrain types, if it's thicker cover, they could care less. They don't care what the wind's going for the most part. Mm-hmm. Now, once they get out in some open stuff then especially the bucks I've seen, the bucks, you know, sh- seem to pay attention on it. like, oh, so open timber, yeah. you know, more open areas, but it's like these thick pines, they're going to hear whatever's coming before they smell it. Mm-hmm. A, lot, or a lot of times, you know, and the wind's yeah. swirling and crap. It's just, you just got to be adaptable. And, so
0: so going to that, y'all, yeah. you guys, we're, we're getting up on like an hour and a half. Do yeah. yeah. y'all have anything else?
2: Well, for me, like my biggest takeaway from this year and especially this past summer. All right, scouting. wait a second,
0: because I have an idea Uh-oh. of how you can say that in the same thing. I got an idea for a closer. All right. Let me drop this on you? <laughs> the question right. is, we're going to go around this thing. The question is, are you a beast hunter?
3: Oh. Yes
0: or no? Ooh. Why or why not? All right. And and, and kind of, I mean, kind of quickly. We're running up on an hour and 27 minutes, so. Okay. That was style. that kind of would that kind of help you go into what you were just about to say? Oh, yeah,
2: for sure. So, for me, within like hunting and scouting, like beast style over this last summer, I think the biggest thing was like you, Mike, said was just the scouting aspect of it and not so much finding buck beds to like go hunt the buck bed, but finding buck and beds just to have like a deeper understanding of where they bed and why they bed there. For one, when, because I hunted a bunch of new areas this year, like I was constantly bouncing around, which probably hurt me, but uh, like being able to look at a map at a like terrain feature or a habitat feature and be like, I know for a fact there's going to be a bed right there, right. And that helps me one narrow down where I want to hunt, but two know how to access because I'm finding deer beds. I'm finding two different kinds of deer beds, in my opinion. I'm finding stuff that's about ten feet back into the cover. And that's where they're sitting on low wind days because they're sitting in there because it's noisy and nothing's going to get to them without them hearing it. Or on windy days, they're sitting either on the edge or 10 feet off of the edge. And that's when they're using their sight advantage. I'm exactly. sure they u- they're using I'm, I'm wind and everything. i exact same thing. I think and, they're and using sight more. Yeah. yeah.
4: They, they seem to be in more open, open timber for sure uh, yeah. on those windy days.
2: So I would say, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it and just keep trying to figure it out. I think there's something to it, but... Um,
0: yeah,
1: no, I mean, again, I, I'll kind of go next.
0: Wait. Uh, what? Are you a beast hunter? Yeah. Yes, yes or no? Yeah. I'm yes, going to keep doing are. it. I'm going to keep doing it.
1: Okay. So, I am. I feel like I'm a hybrid, okay? The reason why I say well, you're actually, a
0: ginger, so you're kind of a hybrid human. No, I'm, so. a, I'm a superhero, <laughs> as I found out. I'm a superhuman.
1: No, but uh, actually, it's not really a hybrid, because to me, a beast hunter, if you really break it down and really watch a lot of Dan Infault, it's it's... Scouting and looking for bedding areas and beds. Let's also find the fresh sign, and that's what I did this year. And that's one thing I'm going to continue to do is, you know, hunt uh, the MRS. I guess this most recent sign, and literally, but, but just focus on that. I mean, for sure, it's like scouting the off season. Find your bedding areas. Find where you're looking. Fine no oh man you should get me all distracted now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Parker's yeah, So guys, <laughs> So Parker's over here just like strutting this stuff. You guys can't see it right now. It's very distracting. I can not I s I can't I can't see how his wife can hang on to him. So
0: uh <laughs> oh, anyway she's pregnant right now, so something worked. I shoot, I guess so, boy. It. Oh, boy. oh man, Andrew's next. Here we go. Jesus. All right. yeah, <laughs> no, okay, but
1: getting back to it, guys. Um yeah, I feel like I'm a beast hunter, but it's all about knowing your area being able to look at a map and have confidence it's, it's all about hunting with confidence if you watch dan infault he's one of the most confident guys i've ever seen and he knows what to look for he'll get in there and scout but he knows what to look for on a map and also why he's in there he's looking for a fresh sign if it's not fresh sign he's not sitting there i mean i've watched many of his videos he's like you know this spot was hot last year i know there's bucks bedding in here but there's nothing here that you know makes any sense for me so i'm gonna keep moving and so yeah so yeah i'm a beast hunter but just you know a hybrid definitely staying mobile and you know doing my best I just think there's more to be learned.
2: Yeah like in our in our region, there's I think there's just gonna be some like huge differences from like Iowa and Wisconsin and all these other areas. So
0: Well Parker doing the Instagram story. I can't do it. I was trying to get my little short stubby arms ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? Tyler. T- Tyler, this Mark. is a, I okay. know this is easy. This is a easy one.
5: First of the season I was a beast hunter, then Though, yeah, are you now? No.
0: <laughs>
5: no. i struggled the first of the year and i hunted bad and buck beds well what i thought was buck beds and uh I, I didn't see no deer no deer at all and uh i almost caught it quits so, i mean i mean it's, it's tough then i got uh i said screw it i'm gonna start hunting funnels pinch points and uh I killed. so you're
0: not a believer at all no
5: no, I mean I, I, I am mean, I hunt bedding but I don't hunt Pacific beds. I hunt Pacific. I hunt beds. I don't I mean Pacific. It's, it's okay, man. I, Pacific I, I say beds. Pacific sometimes too. Now hey, I gotta ask you a real quick question.
1: Time. When you're hunting those beds, are you looking for any fresh sign? Or are you just like I scouted, I'm just gonna go hunt and see what happens. Uh
5: the uh the second buck I killed. Yeah. Uh it was fresh scrapes everywhere on top of the knob. Mm-hmm. And uh Is that the
4: one your guide friend put you on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like your dad the ladder stand.
5: The Greenfield. On oh. <laughs> private. Uh what I was saying. Anyway. I'm sorry, Jacob. No, you're good. Uh yeah <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I just uh the last buck I killed, it was uh this fresh grapes. Yeah. And the the first buck it was the it was three bucks, a spike, the seven pointer and like a I'm gonna say a big eleven. It might have been a ten. Win at their back coming there was a big deep uh, drop off ditch mm-hmm. and it was real thick on the other side and I was right in the funnel yeah. just uh, I mean it was and wind blowing right there back to me I don't I don't know why they I don't know it's just it's well, real
1: well the reason why I ask that is I think we get tied up when you think of Dan Infault and I'll get you know I'll get through this real quick when we think of Dan Infault everyone just thinks of beds like you're just hunting a bed but again you have to have the sign there too you can find oh, yeah. the beds but if there's no sign when you're going in there Go to something else. Don't waste your time just because you like, hey, you know, I had a trail camera in here. I think, you know, there's a buck bedding in here. If there's no hot sign, whether it's scrapes, droppings, you know, heavy trails, anything like that, man, keep moving. Keep moving. Don't get tied up on it.
0: Hot, hot sign. Yeah.
1: So, anyways.
0: All right, Mike. This is a moment of truth. No, this is. Because your first ever podcast on Southern Ground that you were a guest on, I mean, that's what we were talking about. Like, Mike is the hunting beast of the South. So. Mm. Do you believe in God, yes or no? You believe
2: in Dan Infault. Fault.
4: <laughs>
0: Do you profess Dan Infault Fault as in your... In Dan we trust.
4: In Dan we trust. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, Modified Beast. Mm-hmm. Modified, That's...
0: modified Beast. Yes or
5: no? I mean... So like what Jacob said.
0: Though. I
1: mean, yeah, hybrid. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think too many people get hyped up on just beds, man. You have to have yeah. the sign there too. You cannot just hunt a straight bed if there's no hot sign.
4: And it's it's got to be your own your own little tweak, your yeah. own yeah. little make it your own. Yeah, you do you, boo
0: boo.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I always say. And that and that's what I'm in the you know process of doing is refining my own mm-hmm. you know tactics finding what works for me finding what doesn't work for me and it's a continual process um i mean i'm way better than when i first started you know when i first started everything you watched you know like on you know hunting was all the midwest stuff like hey go and rattle this you know (laughs) these antlers together for 30 minutes and (laughs) watch a big buck you know come running at you no
0: (laughs) that doesn't happen so i mean it's a lot different that's a good answer. I like it. I haven't, you know, that doesn't make that doesn't make my heart hurt or anything, so that was good. You know? Now, Mike, do, late you think that, you.
2: do you think that, like, uh, like, the bed hunting thing, do you think that heavily focusing on those beds is more effective in the early and late season? I or? think
4: it, I, in, in my opinion, I think it's better early season. I've too. had a
0: lot better early right. season success than I have late season.
2: That, my early, I mean, y'all know, early season, I was doing pretty good. Yeah. I was, like, constantly on deer. Right.
0: I was waiting, dude. I was waiting for the text. Like, Yeah, yeah man. Parker's... Big buck down. We need to, I was just waiting on it. We might
4: need to get together and, and think about part two of this. You know, mm-hmm. why, why did we, you know, yeah. see or not see the things that, you know, yeah, we as the season
2: thing. went on and we got out of early season, I started struggling.
4: Like where are all the we're all the bucks
3: right
0: now. Where, where, where are we're That's hole. what I said. That's what I said today while we I were know, driving out. Know. I was like, I don't even know where to even start to think like they even go to in big woods, no ag. Where did I mean? Yeah, you
4: got your thickets. I mean, but we. I mean, we, we in the thickets. Or, we yeah. we
0: were in. I mean, we were walking. We walked a pretty good chunk of land that's got a lot of deer that well, it holds. I
4: really hate. Is I think they get a lot more patient in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like when you're trucking down through there uh, or sneaking through, I think they're a lot more hesitant to get up and run off because yeah,
2: I agree. They don't have
4: the cover to sneak out. See them, (coughs) I I don't jump them in the late season like I do in the early season.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. That's true. Hundred percent. Well, another thing. Again, I just have all these thoughts. Is, so many feelings. I, mean, I really do, man. It, just, it jumps out at my, With no my heart. No, but I can't say no. No, but um, it's one thing we don't really think about. We don't talk about that much. Is, is hunting pressure? I mean, there's a lot more people hunting public land than just us five. Right, like and, hunting these spots. And I mean, because listen, listen. And one reason I, I realized this, there's a spot I kept talking about, overlook spot that I was hunting down south of here, and. I started talking to a guy I ran into. He's like, dude, I've got like four buddies. Like, we, we were talking. He's a listener to podcast, both of our podcasts and YouTube and everything. And he was like, I was telling him about that spot. You know, we were kind of swapping information. He's like, dude, I've got, I was telling him, like, yeah, it's kind of overlooked. I'm my like, dude. I've got three buddies that hunt in there. They hunt off the ground because like, they think they do pretty good. And it's like, but, it's, <laughs> it, no, but like you go in there, you're like, oh man, there's no sign. And there isn't any sign. They're hunting off the ground. The guys are sneaking in, sneaking out with their bows, and that's it. And it's like, how many places do you think you have it all to yourself? Even if you're like, oh man, access is tough getting in there. <laughs> How many people are actually hunting that? They're that thinking like us, they're going in, they're trying to yeah. be sneaky, they're slipping in, slipping out, they're not leaving any sign. I think we'd be surprised because sure. I've ran trail cameras on one spot. I was like, there's no way anyone's going in there. Had a picture of a guy carrying a out in November. Oh,
2: yeah, I remember that. So,
4: well, and another thing think about, like in, in my situation or in y'all's situation, uh, we can switch it up. Y'all hunt the weekends. I hunt during the week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know who's been in there during the week on, on the weekend. Y'all don't know
1: who's in there during, during the week. The week. Yeah. And, and that can adjust deer movement so much yes. just by that. Because guys run in there. And a great, great example, I saw that big deer up in Tennessee that afternoon. So we sat through that all day hunt. Okay. Afternoon, we, we kind of like, you know, kind of napped underneath some trees. And we went to split up again, me and my buddy. And he went and sat up kind of close to that bean field, kind of kept trying to catch deer coming up. He sat there, and two guys walked right past him at like 25. Never saw him. And he, I was like, did you not see anything? He's like, no. I'm like, why not? Just let him know you're there. But they walked right past with climbers on, and they came from the same direction we did. and they're <laughs> a mile Literally an over a mile in, and it's nasty, like cutting through, or cutting through privet.
2: Yeah, it's horrible. And we're
1: like, there's no one else going to be in there. There's no sign. But, man, these two guys just walked right past him. And I'm like, holy crap, dude. It amazes mm-hmm. me. Like I think a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. There's a lot more pressure out there on public land. Me, the media. Sure. For, for me,
0: that's that's with uh, with kayak hunting. You yeah. know, I yeah. mean, occasionally, occasionally, I find out about somebody who got in there with a uh, with a uh, boat. Uh, yeah. Somebody took a boat in there. Yeah. You know, occasionally, we'll hear somebody that's you know so and so killed a buck over here. Uh, a couple people are listeners and have found. Found it because apparently I'm giving away my spot.
2: Uh, well, people are thinking like, I mean, people have that kind of mindset nowadays. Because I mean, yeah. and not just us, but a lot of other, you know, outdoor media people are putting out this kind of content, mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of a changing mindset. I yeah, think.
1: I was gonna say when it comes to, like you going in by kayak, you got to think also. How many landowners are coming in off their property? They're like, hey, i I got, got some public back there. I'm going to go try it out. I've seen that so much.
0: Oh, dude. Where like, oh, guys yeah. are
1: hunting a piece of private or a piece of public that's surrounded by private, they don't realize that private land guys are coming over because they know that public's good, and then you're yeah. getting pushed there. Right. Well,
0: uh, the place where I'm well, – I'm not going to – nope. Yeah, but anyway. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to leave in just a minute ago because
4: of what we found today.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, but, we can talk about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Do you want to talk about that? The raccoon?
5: No. No. Oh Jesus!
0: Correct. <laughs> <laughs> ra- okay. Whoa. Oh, it's uh, what about this raccoon? Well, we found a dead raccoon today. It looked like it got shot last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, from I was, I was talking about the. The loop. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh, well. But I didn't think you would want
2: to. No. I'll.
0: I'll well, I'll explain it. I mean, okay. I'll try to explain it as good as I can, and then I'll go into my answer. So. I can yeah. We got yeah. to say it. we got to close out with Parker. Um. Uh. That was, him. That was the wall oh, behind. I uh. We went into a, a spot today, and we were going to go into an area that, which is kind of my honey hole. Of course, we didn't have kayaks, but I thought there was a place. I've never seen a person in here. Okay, never seen a person. I thought there was a place where people could access this piece of land. It's still a pretty decent walk from where I hunt. I thought they could access it easily, um, but they would have to. They would have to do it. A little bit illegally, they would have Straight to, to cross over like a maybe like a ten, 10 yard, <laughs> ten yard little strip of private land. And I've walked it before. I've walked to it from my spot during turkey season, mm-hmm. and I've seen it. I've, I've walked to the this little access spot. Well, we were we were driving as early. Me and Tyler were both asleep. We were tired. I was trying to give Mike directions. And I kept dozing off. Well, we come up on a gate, and so all this time I thought, man, it would be. People would access this. They're not because it's locked. There's a locked gate.
1: How far from the spot where you park? Like
0: electronic metal. You can't. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, Wow. Yeah. 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 And uh, and I was like, well, cool. I've been pumped all day about it (laughs) because I've been thinking like it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. But I mean, now people who live on, on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. They could do it, you know. How far of a walk would it be from to where to where I'm at? Yeah. It, 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 it'd be tough. I mean, I wouldn't probably do it because I don't really like. I'd rather paddle than walk. But mm-hmm. you know, people do it. It's not a hard walk. It's not. It's not yeah, that difficult. But, especially
5: toting a gun, walking around. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. But th- so for me, um, I, a lot of that access that you think people are accessing, they may not be. Yeah. You may be surprised to find what you find when you go looking on the other side of the the other access points, you know? Yeah. And like where we were at today, we weren't far, but it would have been, we were we were on the edge of where it was about to get real tough to get back in there. And uh and so, you know, I mean, I don't really know necessarily where we're going with that, but um Just talking we're talking access. about access yeah. and people accessing it. I know that people are gonna access from the boat. I know I know another guy that, that hunts it, you know, he, Mm-hmm. We talk, but we communicate back and forth. Me and him do. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a pretty cool dude, and uh, and you know I think that's that's one thing that with with access is when you meet people, mm-hmm. befriend them. Like yeah. when you meet people, don't get pissed at them. Yeah, uh, you know if you meet somebody that's accessing the same spot that you are, become friends and Work maybe with them, man. maybe yeah maybe you would maybe y'all help each other out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the deer are moving like crazy over here, and a lot of times it takes you being that person to kind of instigate that. Like yeah. hey man. Uh, like, I've been helping some people out lately cause since I've tagged out. I want to see people kill deer. Mm-hmm. You know, I've helped yeah, a buddy of mine that goes to church with me here. And uh, first time ever stepping foot on public, he killed a buck. All and right. I just kind of gave him a random spot. Like, go check this out. Yeah. What's
4: really funny is that spot I went and scouted uh, this summer. Me and a buddy of mine did. Mm-hmm. And we found the beds and stuff. And we never went and hunted it. I sent my dad to hunt it because he was going to come up here and hunt it and it was uh, a week after parker sent that guy and <laughs> he saw a deer my dad went up there and he didn't see any deer i didn't
0: even i didn't even know th-
4: yeah this you, whole thing had no i had clue. no idea yeah. i just found yeah. the spot that no i kind of wanted to we go look at and i was like picked oh, yeah. out the i'll send
0: this guy to go look at it for me you know yeah, and oh, yeah. i sent
4: dad to go hunt it so <laughs> it <was a> joker
0: <laughs> killed kind of the deer um go. all right parker so so you're hunting beast i am I am. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And I think the reason is, is because, uh, I've become a better hunter since I started doing it. Mm -hmm. I've become more successful since I started doing it and I'm very confident in it. So going back to what you said, Jacob, confidence is, is huge in that. And my confidence right now is in that, like I'm confident in it, that it'll work, you know, and, and
4: It'd be interesting to see where he's at in another year or two as mm-hmm. it progresses. Do you feel you was as confident as him when you first?
0: Middle on of the year season. One? No, we okay. started yeah. we started You're, at the same time. We're both me and Andrew are on okay. the same. Yeah, we're all both was. on year two. Year one, year one were,
4: for me was
1: dude. I, yeah, year one was horrible.
3: It I mean, was good.
4: F- yeah, yeah, but I was you confident. Were side. Yeah, my yeah. my confidence level, mine and Nathan's, yeah. level ten thousand. Like I mean, we just went in. I was like, I'm going to tag out in, like, a week, and <laughs> that's when you find out real quick. So early season, I was confident. I had, I
2: had, like, three nice buck encounters early season. You yeah. think, I mean, Arthur, like, right back to back to back. You think if you
5: I, didn't tag out as quick as you did, when what, would you tag out, December? December 8th. You think you'd still be, you think it'd be tough bed hunting now if you only kill one buck? From well, it's or, not just bed
1: hunting. You're, you're modifying. Out. There's a lot of stuff you're putting into it. Cause you're not hunting just bed. You have areas where you think they're at, but you're hunting those transition areas from those beds. That's how you mm-hmm. got to do it.
5: Well, you know how the Dave was talking about like it's dead. Yeah. You, well, well so imagine if you had two buck tags, you know, from if, December.
0: If I had, if I had another buck tag in my pocket, I wouldn't be hunting there. Yeah. I'd be going somewhere else to hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and that's where, and I'd be hunting the same way as I hunt where I normally hunt because it works. You know, it works for me, and it, and it's worked. I, I struggled hunting private land in Alabama, going and hunting cutovers and green fields and hardwood bottoms i just struggled man and so i, I started actually learning how to be a hunter mm-hmm. learning how to hunt deer and not just enjoy killing deer just sit, sit and wait. Yeah. It
2: general woodsmanship
0: yeah, yeah it, yes it is and probably basic woodsmanship mm-hmm. you know like um i think that helps people a lot but i really think it goes back to your confidence your confidence in it this year almost every time i went in with like there's this confidence like some, I'm gonna see something, something. I'm gonna kill something. Something's gonna die today. Yep. I mean, it happened.
1: And it's, it's a real feeling. I mean, because I felt it this year. I'm like, dude. And I got to that mental capacity where like I started seeing success. And I'm like, and I, I failed early on in October. I was I sat some spot a spot where I killed that little fawn. There was all that bucks. I'm like, I'm going back because there was all this sign there. I went back. It wasn't was a there. spotted fawn. It was a out there. <laughs> lost the spots by like a week before I killed the, rain, the
0: rainstorm before huh? yeah but, oh, yeah. The, whole, but the whole
1: thing I went back in there because I'm like you know what maybe I can have some luck I went in there and didn't see anything I said screw it I'm not doing that again and That's I really I mean, s- yeah, I think. stayed on the ground until I'd find something worth what or
5: I didn't right. I, I think mean, I didn't give it a 100% chance so
4: tell yeah. me this do you think that the bed hunting trip that we made at the beginning of the year propelled your, your beast thinking
5: which one was that
0: back to that down to their home turf is that the one yeah, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it so helped me. He, it helped me in figuring out a lot of that stuff. Because you know? it,
4: it helped me when when I first, you know, learned about it. Mm-hmm. Do y'all think would y'all be interested in putting
1: on a workshop?
0: I think for, down th- down for there. Other hunts, yes, maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> other, we'll have to pick, let's do some privately. i want to do some public, man. Well,
4: we've, told we we've two, had an idea. Yeah, we we already went to uh like. Gunnersville State Park, State Park. That would be a good Oak Mountain State oh, Park, Oak Mountain or Guntersville, and then we don't give Oak away Mountain. our spots, but we still teach people how to.
0: I'm very interested. That, yeah. Yeah, I if you're listening really to this, and that's something that you'd be interested in doing around here, and we could, you know. We never put out the video.
4: I know. I think we, we found some we, good we stuff. never went, We
0: never actually went to Oak yeah. Mountain to do it. Yeah, state park. We, d- we did go to
4: Gunnersville though, and and the idea behind it was we can give them our GPS pins that we drop for the beds, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they can go and see. They don't have to be there when we're there, mm-hmm. but they can go to them afterwards and, and see
1: what, you, what we were looking for. And do That
4: their own would scouting be awesome.
2: Trip. Like when we scouted with Ben from Sawbriar, right? And we we went through that thicket and we found. We found a bed, and it blew his mind, man. He's like, yeah. right there where it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and we sat in the bed and had like a
4: long
1: conversation. Yeah, you know,
4: like, we sat there for like an hour. Well, I was yeah. say, yeah. I, re-
1: I remember when we first started doing that, and it gets so excited now. I'm like, I find it's no big deal, but I put them back in my mind, or right. walk on the map, like, hey, you might need to pay attention to this because sometimes, especially early season bed, early season bedding to like mid season, late season betting is totally different. Because yeah. everything changes. And it's like one of those things, it gets you excited, because, like, oh man, this is having fun. I was up in uh, in uh, Atlanta, we found some public land,
0: not too terribly far from Atlanta,
1: and uh, me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, whoa, let me.
0: It was only 3.75 miles north
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> On the money, so. No, but uh, we went out there, and me and, a, me and a buddy went out there and scouted it, and he doesn't do this, like. After meeting me and Andrew at ATA, he's like he want to get back into hunting. He's just he's just an archer. He does a bunch of different competitions, shoots archery for one of the manufacturers, and um, he he want to get back into it. So we went and hit some public land. Now I'm like, dude, we can I bet you we can go to this spot, this spot, and we're gonna find beds. And we went there, and while we were walking through this open timber, there was this big old brush pile. I was like, man, I bet you we can find it on the back side of it, find find a bed. We went back there, huge bed with with hair all in it, and he's like, it, 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 I saw the spark in his eye when he saw that and it just got him fired up i'm like this is another day you know finding him but he's like so excited and then he started right. thinking while we're out there like, let's go check over here let's go check over here and see it's this bed hunting yeah, i mean
4: yeah. if you tell somebody you can put a pin in the state of alabama and go there and pull a deer hair out of some leaves It's pretty cool. <laughs> and blows her mind. i mean yeah. yeah that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool yeah. Yeah. if you think about that. it if you think about it It's pretty awesome. It doesn't mean you can kill that deer. Yeah, it doesn't mean mean you'll ever see that deer. Millions uh, of acres. (laughs) You
0: you will see what's left of him. And millions and I'm I'm confident enough in it right now. Or I you know out of you know whatever that 250 thousand acres piece property is, I can go in some of these areas and say, I promise you there's gonna be a bed right there right yeah promise you
1: y'all would kill in tennessee i'm telling you because tennessee it's like down here but magnified because the deer numbers especially where i was home was so high literally you put a pin on the map like there is going to be beds here and you would go and find beds and it really kind of helped solidify what you're looking
4: for go in and find deer in those beds yeah, I mean, yeah, a bunch of times. I <laughs> mean, you you
1: would get, a lot of times mid season. I'd scout in there in the in the, in the you know oct- mid October and bump them out because I'm like you know they should be somewhere around here and you just accidentally bump them and you're like oh whatever. Right. But it's like this is awesome, dude. I freaking love it. But again, you can't get taught just on individual beds and nothing else. You have to look for the sign because if the right. sign's is out there, it's not worth looking yeah. for. Just keep going. Yeah. So
5: that's the biggest thing. Agree, hunt with confidence, man.
4: In season scouting.
5: In season scouting. Hunt with confidence. Hot sign. I don't like a Happy one year fellas Happy Woo!
4: one year Tequila time Congratulations <laughs>
5: Nah <laughs> Not tequila time
0: You gotta sit <laughs> <laughs> I said tequila I said tequila I thought we was done
5: recording I know No we ha-
0: We're just gonna cut it No Happy sure. one year Cut well, no. I thought Andrew
5: I thought that was yeah, him,
2: Andrew huh? Alright wrap
1: us up Come on Wrap us up Wrap it up
2: Thanks everyone no. for listening and uh, share both of our podcasts with a buddy Um Share us on Facebook, leave us a review, and check out our YouTube channels. Yep.
0: That's Parker. Parker, did yep. you make it plural? Plural.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> said <an> hours, <laughs> podcasts, <laughs> YouTube
0: channels. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> At Southern Ground Hunting, Facebook and Instagram.
2: At the Southern Outdoorsman, Facebook and Instagram. Yep.
0: Check it out. were Dam lost Yes. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well i hope you guys enjoyed that episode with andrew and jacob and michael and tyler and myself we always have a good time when we're together um that last beaver dam log jam uh if you have not been a listener for a long time or maybe you don't listen to every single episode go back and listen to the episode we did with them like at the beginning of uh it was around the end of october i guess um and that is a little inside joke from that episode i think you will enjoy that that one was uh we were all a little bit tired and delusional from, uh, hunting hard that week. So it's a fun one. You guys, I hope you'll go and check that out. So, uh, I think that's all we got as we talked about, um, we talked about it in the episode about doing a possible little scouting type, uh, workshop, not really a workshop because we're not professionals by any means. Um, but just a, a time where we can get together and kind of share with you guys what we've been learning and it'd be free. It wouldn't be something that would cost any money um and it also wouldn't be something that would give away anybody's spots we would be doing it on public land just hanging out scouting together and uh that's something we're going to do this summer or this spring so if you are interested in that just send me an email or message me on any of our social media our email address is southerngroundhunting at gmail.com so if you want to that sounds like something you'd be interested in we'd love to do it and uh, we'd love to keep you guys in the loop on that as always, thanks to our partners at Onyx Tethered, New Breed, and Go Wild. Hope you check all of those companies out. They are great at what they do, and we could not do them without them. Uh, I think I said that wrong, but whatever. I don't care. I'm tired. Um, let me see here. What else do we got? Yeah, this is our, our first uh, first full year of podcasting. So, hope you guys have enjoyed that. It's been a blast. It's been a pleasure, and we thank you guys so much for your continuous downloads we hope we can keep bringing you good content um for 10 more years and more years after that i don't even know there may be a different technology medium that's not podcasting at that point but i hope we can keep bringing you good stuff um yeah that's all i got for you guys today sorry for the long episode but hopefully it um lasted you a couple drives to work yep you guys have a great week or weekend if you're in the woods stay safe As always, God gave us dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So please go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next time.